0: Hi, hello, welcome back to Passive Pixels, a media catch-up podcast. I actually said the first full name of the episode, probably since episode 0 or 1. I'm doing really good at this, as you can tell. Over here I have my, basically, co-host. I can't afford to pay him, because I really can't afford to pay myself (laughs) yet. Dory, how are
1: you? (laughs) I'm doing great, how are you doing, Ed?
0: Uh, Well, you know, E3 has happened, and... I just feel colder as a human being than I have in quite a while, which is a little ironic because at least E3 is letting me feel cold as we have ERCOT in Texas telling us to stop using energy.
1: And honestly,
0: fuck ERCOT. I'm going to use all the energy I want. So.
1: Oh, yeah. Fuck. I would use double the energy at that point, to be honest. Honestly,
0: just because you said that I already have the AC at the house at 69. I'm going to drop it another two degrees just as a fuck you to ERCOT. There we go.
1: Hi, I like that I like that Dude. by the way I should mention too I'm cold and dead inside as well nothing to do with E3 though oh. just in general that's my regular state so
0: yeah oh, we're all about being cold and dead on the inside that's exactly the manifesto that we want to set forth here absolutely alright I'm with you 100% so because we did have some entertainment to be had by E3 and you know that we just love complaining about stuff or at least I do I, I don't know if I want to speak for you for that one what oh, I do, too. <clears throat> wonderful. What I propose is that we cut our lists in half to stuff that we don't really think is important, and we just kind of compress that half and just drop little tidbits on it, move on, so then we can actually dedicate some time to E3. How does that sound?
1: That sounds fantastic. And like I'm hearing this idea for the first time. Oh, so,
0: look, I'm winking. You can't tell, <laughs> but I'm winking. <laughs> All right, (laughs) great. Let's go ahead for the table of contents. I've got PT, Moonraker, You Only Live Twice, Stick of Truth, Habroxia, Bayonetta, Mad Men Season 3, A Quiet Place Part 2, Destiny 2, or as I like to call it, Heroin, Popstar Never Stop Stopping, (laughs) Heat, Final Fantasy VII Remake Intermission, and Ex Machina. Your list.
1: All right, I've got uh, Mafia Definitive Edition, Mr. Robot, Spider-Man Remastered quantum break cloverfield final fantasy 7 remake uh inter- is it called intermission i thought it was intergrade so intergrade is the whole package intermission is just the dlc right okay so intermission for me too then gotcha uh mass effect 2 perfect blue a quiet place part 2 and uh, ratchet and clank a rift apart
0: Alright, so, from here, let's go ahead and just knock out the rapid-fire ones. So, for me, I'll go first. I'm going to just bundle Moonraker and You Only Live Twice together. I'm going to go ahead and knock that out. Moonraker, I really don't remember anything in this movie. I just felt like I was bored for the (laughs) most part of it. The only time that I perked up in excitement was when I realized that there was a laser space battle. That's it. That's all I got. Um, You Only Live Twice. I remember Sean Connery uh, being put in makeup to make him look like Mickey Rooney in uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. So, yeah, that's going to stick with me for a little bit. Besides that, I don't think I remember anything else.
1: That's fair enough. I know you want to move on from this. That's fine. Go ahead. I have a lot of memories, uh, good memories of Moonraker. Um, I still remember watching that movie with my grandpa. My grandpa was a huge James Bond fan, (laughs) and that was actually his favorite movie, so he made me watch that one quite a few times. And so I have fond memories of it, and maybe uh, maybe that's why I seem to remember that one a little bit more and have good memories of it. I haven't watched it in a few years, so it probably is trash, but I mean, James Bond in space, you know, at least that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, but somehow the concept of James Bond in space wasn't as interesting as it would sound on paper. I
1: was like, wait, why? Why? Yeah, I think it's missing your uh, your buddy from the last two movies that you liked so much.
0: J.W. Pepper belongs in every single yeah. movie. Like, if you just toss him in Skyfall.
1: If you just showed up in space, too, you'd be like, okay, this is great.
0: <laughs> that, what's going on here, you space pirates? <laughs> what are you doing here? Uh... Oh, God. You know what? Actually, okay. That, that would have fixed the movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See what a good supporting cast does to a movie? Elevates. <laughs> elevates. All
0: right. A- anything
1: about You Only Live Twice.
0: I don't remember. No. Solid move. Okay. Uh, toss it to you. What what quick fire do you want to hit? Uh,
1: so well, I'll just start at the top then. Uh, Spider-Man Remastered. Good game. Really good game. It's Insomniac. It's fun. You swing. You do stuff. It's great stuff. Uh, literally, I only played it for two hours because I was in between stuff and I wanted to grab the platinum on it, uh, so I had to 100% all the areas. I was close. It didn't take me long. It took me a couple hours. Great game. I had a bigger point I wanted to make with the game with DLC in general, mm. but I'm going to make that with Final Fantasy VII Intermission respect, because that works perfectly too. So I don't need to say that much on it. Really fun game. It's Spider-Man.
0: So. all right i enjoy spider-man i like my steel book i like it when i swing around and i punch things spider-man ps4 very good game if you have a ps5 get it why not go for it you probably already got miles morales anyways
1: yeah you have to get the ultimate edition though you can't buy it separately. or what you can
0: do is that you can just borrow a copy of miles morales off of someone use that to go buy the 20 dollars upgrade and then just give them back miles morales yes you don't need oh to is do- there a
1: 20 upgrade option yes correct I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. There you go. Do
0: that. All right, solved. Okay, moving on. Bayonetta. Because you mentioned two hours, I, I'm bringing up Bayonetta. I played two hours of Bayonetta. I gave up. I, I, I don't know why. I, I just can't. <laughs> I I was.
1: <laughs> Do you don't like it, or are you just on the move? I
0: played it for the first hour, and I was like, ooh, yeah, this is cheesy as hell. This is dumb as hell. This is hitting every little button in my brain. Yeah, I'll come back to this. And then I played it literally a couple of hours ago, and as soon as I got in there, it was like, walk around find a key. And I was like, I don't want to do this. I just want to fight demons. Can you let me fight demons? (laughs) And the game's like, no, go find a key. I was like, I have no idea where the fuck this key is. Do you seriously need me to look this up? And the game's like, yes. I'm like, fine, fine. And I just kept doing that, and I just kept fighting, and by the time I got done with the level, I was like, I already felt like I was obligated just to finish this level. I don't think I want to continue with this game. I'm pretty sure it's good, but I don't think I'm in the mood for this, nor do I feel like dealing with it. Like, Bayonetta, to me, just let me have my dumb fun. Just let me have my dumb fun.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. I agree, too. It's, I always feel like like I don't mind using walkthroughs. I'm very past the point of like having to make it hard for myself but whenever I look up a walkthrough, I kind of feel like, fuck you game. Like I feel a little bit angry and defeated that I had to get to that point and I do hold it against the game. You're
0: not wrong. The thing is that I'm dumb. I looked at the walkthrough and it's like break the box at the bottom and I was like, there wasn't a box. And I was like, oh, there's an actual (laughs) interest point. Is that the box? And I started hitting it and it gave me the key. I was like, are you kidding me? Like that, how is it? (laughs) (sighs) Maybe I am a games journalist. Maybe Maybe I am becoming the thing I hate. Uh,
1: Yeah, you got to put the Cuphead tutorial in soon.
0: No, no, no. I can do that. I got like a couple of bosses in before I realized I'm playing on Xbox and stopped.
1: Yeah, you're good. (laughs) Uh,
0: So yeah, Bayonetta, that's a drop. Can't wait to get to Vanquish. Toss it back to you.
1: Uh, Cloverfield. Um, Honestly, I love Cloverfield. I have a lot I want to say about Cloverfield, and I will talk about it more, I promise. But our uh, our fearsome host here, uh, Edwin... Uh, just recently found out that it's in fact not a JJ J. Abrams directed movie, And so he's going to watch it at some point. So we will talk more about it then. I time. have
0: 10 Cloverfield Lane in my cabinet over here. I already have Cloverfield on order. I don't think the bastard has shipped it yet. So I'm waiting. I, he- I heard it's Matthew Reeves and not JJ J. Abrams. Fine. Back on the list it goes. All right. After that, next in line. I got Stick of Truth. I finally beat it. My opinion has not changed. It is a fun game. I am not flaming it. Recommended. Yep.
1: Continue. Good stuff. <laughs> Uh, Mass Effect 2. I played for one hour because I didn't think I was going to play Ratchet because I'll tell the Ratchet story during that segment. But, uh, yeah, one of the best openings to a video game of all time, but I will talk about that more when I actually get more into
0: it. Mass Effect 2 kicks ass. I don't think I need to say anything more. I actually bought it and I installed it on my PS5 and my PS4. And what I'm doing is that I'm putting the Mass Effect Legendary Edition discs inside my PS3 Mass Effect Trilogy case because I'm not going to have this game twice on my shelf. I'm dumb. Hell yeah. I love it. (laughs) All right. uh, You want to
1: optimize every square inch of that shelf space. You can. No, no, you're not wrong.
0: But also, it's just that I don't really like the box for the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Like, I'm like, yeah, this is is a nice enough case, but it's not the PS3 Mass Effect Trilogy case, which is a very nice one. Okay. I have to look that up. I don't think I've seen it. Okay, I'll send pictures at some point. All right, uh, cool. after this, Habroxia. Habroxia is very good. Give Colin Moriarty and Barry Johnson your money, okay? It's a very fun arcade game. If you have a Vita, what's wrong with you? Get it, okay? You have a Vita. Isn't that bad enough? Get something that's worthwhile. Correct.
1: Uh, okay, cool. Okay, so this one, Perfect Blue. I can't tell you the reason why, because Edwin will probably kill me. I'm under a non-disclosure agreement as to why I can't talk about this Actually,
0: yet. go ahead and say uh, it. Go ahead and say it.
1: Okay, so there is going to be a special episode regarding Perfect Blue. You broke the non-disclosure that's agreement. I... People are on your door right oh, now. Oh, fuck. I'm... I... I'm dead well this is my last episode but yeah no uh, Perfect Blue I will have I, I got lots to say about that really great but I'm not going to go into any further detail on that right now a lot to talk about with that one uh, I will say I do recommend it so
0: yeah Perfect Blue is wonderful go watch it that's that's uh, watch it before the special episode all right that's what we got Correct. Okay, yeah. and that's it for me oh okay what else um, Bayonetta I already got that out of the way uh, Mad Men you know what I'm going to throw Mad Men Uh, Mad Men I have gotten like maybe nine episodes into this season I still am guessing that Mad Men is kind of like a hangout show which honestly I like the characters enough that I'm okay with it I'll get there I'll keep watching thankfully I didn't fall off completely I'm enjoying the way it gets weirder and digs deeper into the characters so I'm gonna keep watching it but so far I'm still like I'm not getting what the direction is but I'm okay with it because the Everything about the show is still good enough that I don't feel like I need the direction. Mad Men, anything?
1: Yeah, Mad Men's a very character-driven show for sure. You're not wrong about that. So as long as you can connect with those characters, I think as long as you, if you keep going, you'll find something that you'll you'll appreciate at least at the end. I think.
0: Okay, wonderful. I think that's it. I think those that's half of the list that we cut. <laughs> Stellar. All right. Okay. Um. So I've got. Let's see. Now that I've cut those out. Pretty much my list comes down to in the movies section, I've got A Quiet Place Part 2, Popstar Never Stop Stopping, Heat, and Ex Machina. Uh, then for games, I have PT, Destiny 2, and Final Fantasy VII Remake Intermission.
1: Fantastic. For movies, I have A Quiet Place Part 2 and Mr. Robot. And I think that's it for movies and TV. And then for games, I have Mafia Definitive Edition, Quantum Break, Final Fantasy VII Remake Intermission, and Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. Wonderful. Okay.
0: Shall we start with P.T. then?
1: Yeah, let's start All with All right. Oh, yeah. So,
0: P.T. Oh, yeah. P.T. I decided to break it out. My wife had two friends over. They were in the mood for something horror. And I just jokingly threw it out. It was like, well, I mean, if you want horror, why not P.T.? <laughs> and they were like, well, True. yeah, of course. I was like, oh. Oh, I don't think I was mentally prepared for this. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I guess I'll go grab my hard drive. I'll connect to my PS4. I'll delete my save and start this over. And uh, my God, PT is still super effective. My God, Lisa mm-hmm. still haunts me in my dreams. She still pops up in every shadow that I see. And every time that I see her twitch, something in me goes, fight or flight, I don't think I need to be here anymore. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think PT is so effective still because of the sound design, to be honest with you. Like, that's what I think just elevates it to another level. Lots of things can be scary visually, and you know, it'll still scare you the second time or even the third time through, but I think after a while it'll lose its luster, but... When you get the sound design that that type of game has, and just every little detail they put into it, and the radio in the background, and the guy, and the guy saying, uh, what does he say? He says 911 uh, instead of 911, I think. No, no, he says 911
0: like, instead of 911.
1: Thank you. He says, yes, thank you. He says, sorry, I mixed it up. He says 911 instead of 911. And I, I remember that creeped me out so hard. It's such a small, stupid, insignificant thing, but it's so unnatural. It's weird. So yeah. he, he pulled the daughter out by telling her it was just a game. Mm, He
0: says it in mm. such a way that feels more coldly detached than you're supposed to. Uh,
1: Absolutely.
0: Along with that, being able to hear Lisa's one stiletto in the second floor, being able to hear the light just slowly creak, and it's probably the worst possible creak you can imagine. The baby Mm. inside the fridge and then dropping the blood on you. The one window that falls out. Just... All of this is just stuff that would freak you out, but then when you take it in concert with the sound, you're just like, oh, oh, I need to get out of this house.
1: (laughs) It's pretty creepy. Have you ever tried it with the VR headset on? I don't... (laughs) Because you know you can use the VR to play 2D games, right? Yes.
0: No, no. I tried playing Hellblade like that, and... I can tell you right now, PT is something that I don't know if I could stomach doing that. (laughs) The thing is that (laughs) Resident Evil 7 specifically changed its horror timings to accommodate for Mm -hmm. VR. So even if people are playing not in VR, those horror timings are still timed to VR. PT does not have that. PT is timed as if you're watching from a screen. So if you're in a VR headset, you are going to die. You might kill someone you might ruin your TV. (laughs) There's a lot of collateral damage that might happen if you just play PT straight up into VR. And, you know, I like my OLED. I like my wife. I prefer not to kill either of them because if I kill either of them, I'm going to take myself out next. Yeah, no, for sure.
1: I haven't finished it with the VR headset and I I probably only played like 15 or 20 minutes with it before I bitched out. But
0: yeah, I would use it as I cannot imagine. That Lisa jump scare in VR. Can you just? Yeah, I didn't get. I I didn't get that <laughs> the, Oh no! No. By the way, you know what I learned before the radio tells you to turn around? Lisa does still have a chance to pop up and choke you out. Oh yeah, yeah, I knew that. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I thought there was at least a gate before she couldn't do it, but nope, she can just take you out at any moment. Yeah. That's horrifying.
1: I think the second you get into that loop, basically, you're you're fair game. <sighs> which is which is. Which is horrifying if you think about it. You know what's something
0: I was thinking about when I was playing PT? I just remembered the inflatable that was supposed to be in uh, Phantom Pain, where Lisa was supposed to yes. be a distraction. Yes. I'm just still mad. It's so sad. Yeah. I just wish <sighs> that was still there. I, like, I would yeah. love to be able to throw that out and just see guards freak out. Like, oh my god. That'd be way better about making me feel like normalizing Lisa instead of her being trapped in a demo that no longer exists. That just makes her worse.
1: So, this is episode nine, right?
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: <laughs> I'm ashamed of myself that it's been nine episodes and I haven't once said fuck Konami. Oh! So ple- or may- I don't think I have. And, no, if, I ha- I. and if I have, somebody can correct me. But... Fuck Konami. Okay. Just to be clear.
0: Look, 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 look. Konami, if you want to send me a check and make me shill for Metal Gear Solid 3 Pachinko, I'll do it. I'll do it. But for now, you done did my boy Kojima real dirty, all right? So what I need Kojima to do is that I need Death Stranding 2 Electric Boogaloo to come out, right? (laughs) And I need it to be... Sam Porter Bridges breaking into the Monami office, right? He's going to go Monami. in and he's just go No, 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 Monami, Monami, you know, in Minecraft, you know. He's going to go in in Monami in Minecraft and just steal every single intellectual property in there. And he's going to take it out as a package <laughs> and he's going to hand it to a man named Jojima, right? He's just okay. going to hand it to him and then Jojima, you know, just just Jojima in Minecraft is going to start tearing up those pieces of IP and it's going to be like the ending of Mean Girls where he just starts handing it out to all the different publishers. He's going to be like Sony, you get a uh, uh, ooh um soft gear solid, you get soft gear solid. Oh, uh Bethesda, you get uh, uh Little House on the Prairie, Vania. There you go. Oh, blooper team! I like you that. get Quiet Hills. There you go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for the hour uh, YouTube long video uh, that does the deep dive on the uh, metaphors for that. Well, as you can see,
0: Mojima is actually a metaphor for Kojima. No. What you got? Now you got to do the pog face to put it on the YouTube thumbnail so people are threatened to click it. I'm like, oh my
1: god, that man looks so excited.
0: I want to be excited. <laughs> I'm dead on the inside. I don't want to be that excited, too.
1: Me, too. Me, too. Please. <laughs> Give me anything.
0: So, also, while he's there, throw a couple Molotovs and blood bombs and shit bombs. You know, just, 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 just there's extra yeah. points if you do it. Yeah, piss bombs, too. <laughs> so, yeah. P.T., my god. Do you remember the first time that you played it and it errored out? Yes. Yes. God. Yeah. Can you imagine that I don't know just now looking back on it it's hilarious that an error was included in a game like it's an actual coded error that's supposed to click in it's just funny to think about how nowadays games are just broken
1: and Oh it's true yeah like 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 poor uh, Ben Smith <laughs> can't play one video game of Returnal without his PS vibe just dying <laughs> I... These games are such shit shows along with these consoles but it's... Every
0: time I think about that, it just makes me so sad. And I'm just like, I just want to switch PS5s for you. Like, I'll sit down for like an entire day and just beat Returnal since that's the one game he can't play. Just sit down (laughs) on this PS5, beat Returnal, and then just ship it to him. And then wait for his to come in because I I just feel so bad. Every time that I think about the eight hours that I didn't have my near Replicant in on the day of release, I just remember that he's been living like that for like a month or two. And I'm just like ah it's a hard hard life it's not an existence i want it's really (laughs) not Uh, poor ben but pt man that's so good i never want to play it with headphones again i'm so glad i still have it it pisses me off endlessly to remember that every time i connect my hard drive to my ps5 pt's just sitting there the pfc is like oh not playable and i'm just like man One day in, like, seven years, I'm going to hack you, and you're going to play PT at full speed.
1: What really pisses me off is the fact that it was playable on PS5s originally, and then Konami actually went in and said, fuck you, make sure it's not playable.
0: Okay, but here's the thing. Here's the thing that we need to consider. Maybe Jim Ryan called up Kojima, right? Oh, (laughs) not (laughs) Kojima. Sorry, Konami. Jim Ryan called Konami, and he was like, hey, listen. PT works on the PS5. We'll disable it if you can let us into your vault of IP. And then Konami was like, We have IP. (laughs) Wait. True story. True story. Hey. Hey, we got games? Oh. Jim Ryan, how did you know we have games? Who told you? And then he's like, You know what? I just need one video game to put inside of Astro's playroom because I'm still playing it after 10 months. I need you to give me one video game to put in. So basically what I'm saying is that we got solid snake and Astro bot in exchange for PT being deleted off the PS five. This is my theory. All right. People report on this. Okay. I have my sources. I'm not going to reveal them. I have citations in Wikipedia. Trust me on this.
1: Jeff Grubb. Excuse me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, i don't know if i've
1: got anything else to talk about pt it's good yeah is just phenomenal absolutely great game uh i would say play it but <laughs> you're probably <clears> shit out of luck if you can't so yeah wait
0: hold <laughs> on hold on do you remember the one silent hills trailer that we got
1: yeah the one the, like the the one after where they were piping up the game right
0: yeah correct like the little yeah. kid who's holding his yeah, yeah, head yeah. and bugs
1: yeah yeah oh, yeah look great look look my... it was gengieto shit man it's gonna yeah. be fantastic
0: Oh my god, every time I watch that trailer, because I've watched it a good couple of times after P.T. was dead, and every time I look at it, it just makes me so sad to know that it seemed like work was actually being done. I know it was probably just a CG trailer, but the fact that they were already starting to get ideas for what horrific shit they can put on screen, it just continuously makes me sad that this is what we got. This is the universe that we got.
1: if I want to be depressed, I'm either going to put on Requiem for a Dream or watch PT videos. That's There's no in-between. It's one of those two things.
0: At least ass-to-ass ass is a little more entertaining than PT. Damn. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's PT. That's all I got. I, I toss it to you.
1: Perfect. Uh, so let's talk Mafia Definitive Edition. All Maybe right. Do-wop, do up, do up. Oh, and I, I've got that in my notes. Love those 30s <laughs> bops. Uh, <laughs> made by the fine people at 2K. I forget the name of the studio, actually, but 2K is the publisher. Hangar 13? Uh, made, yes, thank you, Hangar 13. They made Mafia 3, which I haven't played yet. I do want to play it at some point. Uh, but yeah, it's really good. It's one of those time frame games. If you're into Mafia, if you're into mobster stuff, this is probably going to be a game you're interested in. Uh, It's a remake of the game, the original game, from the early 2000s, I believe. Um, I want to say it was a PC exclusive at first, or I remember it being on PC, but I think it did get ported to consoles eventually. I could be completely wrong on that, but that's just my memory of it. Um, I do remember almost buying it multiple times on PC when I was younger, but never doing that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, no, it's a really fun game. Uh, It definitely does feel like an older game. Like, there are parts of it that I'm like, okay, yeah, this definitely feels jank. It looks gorgeous. Like, it looks absolutely gorgeous. They have remade it from the ground up. But just hmm. the actual gameplay, like, the actual gunplay itself definitely feels like something from the early 2000s. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's not great. Um, and I will say, too, this game came out right before the next-gen consoles. It's only 30 frames per second. There's been no <laughs> next-gen patch for it makes it pretty rough to play like i'm just so used to 60 fps i can get used to 30 fps i can beat games with 30 fps now but if i'm being completely honest it's definitely tougher to go back to that sort of situation now but yeah no overall you know banger of a game and then yeah i've been made fun of this for a lot but man i love the soundtrack in this game you got all the bopping music from the 30s and the early 20s and that stuff and it's very uh accurate for the time period and you can switch to different radio stations and hear news broadcasts of real life events or the music itself so i thought it was a really cool touch and there was some good stuff with that so
0: yeah i'm not gonna lie hearing the music that you that you sent out and was like yeah this is the music (laughs) in mafia (laughs) This is the first time I ever heard music where I could hear the artists themselves dropping the N-word if they weren't singing. And that was probably the weirdest moment that I've ever had in music, where I was like, yeah, um, it's weird to think about that. These people were probably like, if you ask them about segregation, it's like, "Mm, hmm, (laughs) hmm. But yeah, Mafia, have you played two yet?
1: No, and I've heard a lot of good things about 2. I've had a couple people um, really recommend 2 saying it's a better game than the first one and a better story. Um, Which I will say, have you played, sorry, have you played Mafia 1 or no?
0: So no, I have not played 1. The reason that I asked that was that, I want to say like a couple of months ago, for some reason, the Malaysian PlayStation Store. Yes, the Malaysian PlayStation Store had a glitch where they were giving out Mafia 2 Definitive Edition for free. And I glitch. went, well, why not? So I created an email address. I created a new PSN account. I got into the Malaysian account, and I just downloaded it. And, <laughs> yo, know, yeah. No. Look, Dorian, if you ever want to play Mafia 2 it's an account I don't use. I can just hand it to you. You can make it primary <laughs> on your PS5. Account. Exactly. You can I make it primary that. on your PS5 and still play it on your normal PSN account, okay? It's basically borrowing.
1: I might take you up on that sometime. <laughs> Good. I'll
0: need to figure out what email address that is and password. Yes. If you take it, who yes, cares? Sure. It's Mafia 2.
1: <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Uh, but no, so I haven't played it. Uh been recommended to me a lot. Um, and I will say because um, so, I mean, I don't want to talk about spoilers anyways, but the ending of Mafia 1 feels a little rushed. Like, it's really strange. Like You kind of start the game off and you're going year by year and you're kind of cutting back and forth between the past and the present. It's really cool. But Mm -hmm. at the end, it just speeds up so quick to kind of catch up back to the present. And you kind of see like your Dawn going a little bit crazier, but you don't really get any context behind why or basically like what happens for him going crazy. And the game just kind of ends on a really weird note. From what I've told, two ties into it and actually explains a lot. But yeah, it's just kind of left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth for what was a really strong narrative game for the most part with uh, with pretty good characters. All
0: right, so I need your highly uneducated opinion on this. Do you think Mafia 2 is going to be something that they were like, oh, this is going to explain stuff in one, or, ah, we finished one. Oh, what are the complaints? Crap, I guess we should fix that. Like, do you think it was... It, we obviously know you're not gonna know but do you think that mafia 2 being the way it is to try to fix one was in the plans or was it just something that they went oh yeah i guess we should fix that
1: yeah it sounds like the latter for sure they're probably like all oh, people aren't really people are kind of pissed at this ending so let's let's fix it because especially with back in the day like they didn't really plan trilogies out like this like yep. you kind of you kind of didn't know if a game was going to be successful or not uh, and even even Mass, the original Mass Effect, like I think they kind of wanted it to be a trilogy for sure. But like even after one, I think they were a little bit sketched if they'd be able to do the next two. And then when they basically, you know, was such a huge success, then two was clearly like, okay, this is the middle game. We can make a third game now. But yeah, I think you got to be careful with that because I remember one game called Two Human. I don't know if you ever played oh. it. What a pile of shit that fucking game was. But that was supposed to be a trilogy. They planned it to be a trilogy. And guess how many games came out? One. So.
0: So one human, not two human. Yeah. Exactly. That joke sucked. It was worth it. Yeah, it was pretty bad. (laughs) Uh, So the reason (laughs) that I had even asked was that Mafia 2, I actually tried it for a little bit. And I was immediately insulted by Mafia 2 because it had, like, the worst audio compression I've ever heard. (laughs) And this is the definitive edition. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Like, I don't understand what the hell was going on. I remember... Being in like late middle school, early high school, and still pirating music, right? And I remember accidentally pirating things that were like at 96 kilobytes a second or like 128. And, like, you can hear the crackling in the music if it moves in too far notes or mo- or notes that aren't too distinctive. So, I have this memory of listening to, like, I think the Batman theme from Batman Begins. And it just sounded like you can hear the silence crackling. Like, that's how bad the audio quality was. And I remember finally sitting down over here in my theater room... Playing Mafia 2 and I heard just the most canned audio for the opening cutscene <laughs> and I was just like look at it it takes me like not that much for me to get out of an opening but the audio I was like oh why 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 like it's this great i'm not gonna say great looking but like it feels like it has enough of an art direction where you're like oh this looks nice this is honestly giving me godfather part two vito corleone feelings where it's like this is old new york this is okay why does it sound like it too like, why does it sound like they actually recorded this in 1930 and said, don't worry, guys, we know we're going to put this in a video game in a, de- in a hundred years later, don't worry, you don't need to know what a video game is, we just know it's going to be useful, damn it. Like, I-, I was so appalled by the audio that I just started, I just started crucifying it for every little thing, and the story seemed like it was fine. Like, I was like, yeah, this this story is going, but I think I got like three or four hours into it, and I was just like... I know the audio isn't like that anymore, but now in my head, I'm just scrutinizing every little audio thing because it forced me to pay attention to it. So I just, oh my God, it just, it was annoying me so much. And I just, I I stopped. I could see it. I was like, oh, Mafia 2. It also has a section that it's an action segment. I won't tell you much about it since you'll get there, but it was something where I was just like, this isn't fun i didn't think if i was playing a mafia game i'd be doing this and i'm not gonna lie it touched way too closely to la noir where i was thinking man i feel like i should just play la noir instead and i thought wait a minute you don't care about la noir like that why would you think that and i went you're right (laughs) you're right yeah
1: i actually i like la noir i would say la noir is probably a better game than mafia one so
0: no, no, no. I'm not saying LA Noir is bad. It's just, I have no desire to ever revisit it unless yeah. it's literally just to boot into the menu and hear the. Like that. Oh, that trumpet. Ooh. Ooh, that's yeah. clean.
1: No, for sure. And you're going to get the doubt face at least once. But. <laughs>
0: oh my god It's just, it still makes me so sad that doubt breaks the game so badly where if you call out <laughs> someone on a lie it's like well you have proof or I can just hit doubt and not need proof and see if they rat themselves out
1: yeah exactly doubt was always the way to go <laughs> so uh, yeah I,
0: I don't have much experience with Mafia but that poor showing with Mafia 2 makes me think that Mafia 3 is going to be something that I download a minimum of four times and delete a minimum of four times. And then maybe I download it a fifth time and go, fine, I have nothing else to try. Why not?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that, that sounds accurate. You play, and then you play for two hours and you're like, fuck this.
0: And I'm just like, oh, I have to, what am I doing here? I'm in Louisiana. Oh, God, it already feels muggy in here. I, I can't be here.
1: So I, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page now for Mafia and there's something I got to know back to rewind a bit from what you asked. Like, do you think mm. they, in your uneducated opinion, do you think they basically said, "Oh, oh shit, we better fix this. Mm. <laughs> I actually didn't know this, but apparently, and again, without spoilers, so I'll say this as best as I can, mm. but apparently they actually redid the ending in the remastered edition only. So, in the original ending, it doesn't even tie anything to do with Mafia 2, but they actually changed some of the character models in the Definitive Edition to force it to tie into Part 2. So, they didn't give a fuck, basically. Here's your so, in other words, somehow
0: the original release was even worse, and instead what Correct. they did is that in the second one, they're just like, Alright, we're just going to bootstrap these so we can finally sell these as a trilogy and push it out there.
1: Yeah, you got it. So, interesting <laughs> fun, though. Alright. I, I is that all you got for mafia? Yeah, I'll give it a score. Did we give PT we didn't give PT a score. Oh my god, you're right.
0: You see, I, you see, look, here's the thing. I can't ever do everything perfectly. I yeah, said the no. title of the show and we <laughs> we've been doing good on time, you see? We've been doing good of time and just like the triangle of quality, speed and cost, you can only pick two. So yeah, Exactly. The scores sadly was the one we didn't pick. <laughs>
1: yeah well fuck pt it's over now and honestly i don't want to score a demo anyways but i will oh give score how dare seven. you i will pt is masterpiece out of 10 masterpiece you, out of 10 I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give it the same score shapes uh, shapes and shadows
0: for months out of 10
1: <laughs> uh, mafia is a 7 out of 10 for me uh
0: mafia i'm gonna give your score of it a bootstrap out of 10 and a <laughs> eight at bing out of 10 uh Mafia 2 is a pirated version of the Batman theme by Hans Zimmer from LimeWire at 96 kilobytes a second out of 10. Three scores. How generous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's Mafia. I assume it's back to me now. Yep. You're good. Uh, Go. Okay. Let's see. Uh, Man, I just realized we don't. Oh, wait. No, no. We were doing movies. Oh, wait. No. you. Oh, my God. We completely broke order. Whatever. It's that oh, kind yeah. of episode. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, did I already talk Mad Men? I did. Okay. Okay. I've got a Quiet Place Part Two next. Shall we go there? Yeah, I watched it too, so we can both talk about it. All right, beautiful. A Quiet Place Part Two. I don't remember much of one. I just remember thinking that was a good movie, and I remember thinking that at the end it lost me a little bit. And you know what? How about this? Let's go ahead and just say that we can spoil a Quiet Place Part One. We just won't touch two unless noted. How do you feel about this? That's good. Yeah. Okay.
1: No, that sounds fair. All right. So
0: Quiet Place. Part one. I'm not going to lie. Most of that movie had me. And yes, there are kind of like those stupid things where you're like, oh, well, why don't they just live near the waterfall? Then they can talk. Like, whatever. Shut up. It's a movie. Just let it happen, okay? (laughs) Oh, why is the nail sticking out? Shut up. It's a movie. You're supposed to kind of feel the tension, okay? If things went perfect, you know what it would be? It'd be a quiet place. And they're all just really silent having dessert or something. And then the movie... Is done, right? That's it. It's 30 minutes for just hanging out with him. And, you know, John Krasinski gets to live, okay? So, honestly, the only time that part one lost me was at the very end when Emily Blunt just shotguns that thing and it dies. And I was like, really? Like, how, how quickly did they ravage humanity that we just didn't figure out that these creatures that work off of sound just... Maybe you can hurt them with sound and then kill them when their insides are out. I was like, ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, that was kind of dumb. But then the movie literally ends right after that, and I was like, holy shit! Wait a minute, did you just end the movie at the right time? Um, that's actually more impressive. Um, good, 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 good job, John Good job. Oh my god. So that was my relationship with uh, Quiet Place Part One. How about you?
1: Yeah, I actually agree with that. What I really appreciated about A Quiet Place Part 1 is how tight the movie is. And you're absolutely right. It ends not a second too soon. And I'll circle back to that once we start talking about Part 2. Mm-hmm. But it just ends on a perfect note. It's not long. It's all it's all thriller. Um, no filler. Um, and yeah, it's really cool. I still remember... and. Um, Again, we're not really going to talk about Cloverfield today, but I remember secretly hoping that this movie was a part of the Cloverfield universe. And there was actually a lot of rumors before the movie came out that this movie could be a part of the Cloverfield universe. And honestly, it could be. Like, it's very similar thematically to a lot of those movies. Um, It wasn't. And it probably was better for it that it wasn't. And better for John, uh, John, sorry, how do I say his last name? John Krasinski krasinski thank you uh john krasinski's career it was probably better for him to stand, have a movie that stands on its own um but yeah the first movie i saw in theaters i thought it was really great that the tension was really good to the movie um the sound design is excellent in the movie like you can hear a pin drop throughout most of this movie but when the sound comes it's it comes and it's actually loud god um just and bless- yeah i i do sorry go ahead God bless
0: every single person who went to go see this one in theaters and just yes. like understood. Like everyone was like on a not eye contact eye contact promise of we're all going to take this seriously. Everyone shut up. If you have popcorn, eat it during the loud parts, do not eat it during the quiet parts. It's a wonderful thing that this is this movie should easily be ruined. If you go into a movie theater, it's just so easily ruined. And yet everyone just kind of understands what movie you're watching. And it's probably one of my favorite things where everyone just kind of understood. This is the movie we're watching. Take it seriously.
1: Yeah, that's really good. I, thankfully, I had the same experience. I haven't been to a lot of movies where there's been jackasses that have ruined it for me, thankfully. But you know, that was a really, that was a really good experience for that one, too. So that is a really good point. Uh, because, yeah, it is the movie, the type of movie. It's so quiet for a good chunk of the movie. So mm-hmm. if you've got some idiot texting on their phone or even making slight noises with that. Or, yeah, even chewing popcorn too loud <laughs> during a really dead quiet scene that it's going to fuck you over. So, nah, I'm with you. But, yeah, no, the first one was really good. Um, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh,
0: at least those are our opinions going into one. Part two is somehow better And only has maybe one scene where I went, huh, that was really stupid. Maybe you could have just not done that and things would have been better. But I don't know what it is. I feel like I'm easier to forgive it just because everything else around it is so high quality. Especially when you get to the ending when they do the exact same thing of like, the story is done. We don't need to keep going. Cut to black and go to credits. And I was like, oh my god, you did it again. You yeah. know where to end. We're, we're not getting Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, where there's 14 different endings. 22 if you're watching the extended edition. I was just <laughs> so wonderfully impressed by the fact that Mr. Emily Blunt just knew how to direct this movie so well not only that creating the tension the one shot around the beginning of the movie the entire sound design of just being able to hear everything in the movie because everything is so silent and because everything is so silent it means that every single other sound is more important because it pops even louder i was so thoroughly impressed that a movie that i went into theaters for because i didn't know if i wanted the steelbook for impressed me that much and i'm not joking. I literally was going to skip this movie until I saw the steelbook and went, that's a nice steelbook. I need to see if I like the movie enough to get that steelbook.
1: <laughs> hey, steelbooks are always worth uh, any extra effort, in my opinion. Crack cocaine. <laughs> yeah. But no, I'm with you, man. Like, that movie was so fast. Like, I think, what was it, like an hour and 30 minutes just over that? Had, hour 40, so, I think. Hour 40. It and it's so brisk. Like, it ends at the perfect point. It's not too long. Um, I don't know if I'd say it's better than the first one. I think they're honestly equal for me personally. Hmm. Um, one thing I will say, and this is going to sound like an insult, but I don't mean it to, but I really do think the movie peaks in that first 15 minutes. And it's just that first 15 minutes is so outstanding to me. Like how they shoot that. Again, I'm not going to get into spoilers, but you know the part I'm talking about. Oh, Absolutely. I think I think it's done so well, and it's not that the rest of the movie is bad. It's still very good, but that opening sequence is one of the more effective opening sequences I've seen for a movie in a long time, so.
0: Yes, I agree, and that opening, you're not wrong. That thing opens up so strong that I really was worried that by the time that we got into the movie, I was like, oh, man, are you really going to match that? And there are moments where the fact that the sound design is just as good as it is, it definitely does still get me back into it just as quickly. And I was worried about that because, like you're saying, that opening is just perfect you could literally just cut that out, put that out as a, as a teaser, and it's like, oh, it's the last thing you'll ever see of A Quiet Place. Like, we're never doing a sequel. This series is not getting mined. Like, it's about to with another... I'm not going to go. I,
1: I got points about that. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, don't worry. We'll, we'll be negative at the end of it, as we usually yeah. are. But... Yeah. You could release that opening just separately as just like a little snippet to give people a, li- a little more taste of A Quiet Place. And God, it would just be so good. And honestly, I would never need it again. But thankfully, there's still yeah. another movie attached to it that oh, and it, yeah, I that's feel very is good.
1: just as good. Yes, yeah, exactly. It's, it's very good. Uh, shout out to Cillian Murphy. The, yes. The dude The dude never... He's so weird. I, I feel like he doesn't get the credit he deserves in a lot of movies. Uh, I've never seen Peaky Blinders. I do want to see that at some point. But yeah, everything I see him in, he's consistently excellent. And he's really good in this movie, too.
0: Look, as an American, I don't think I should be watching Peaky Blinders because I'm not (laughs) a lobster back. If I see any fellow Americans watching Peaky Blinders, I'm going to take away all your coffee and replace it with tea. Okay? (laughs) (laughs) But yes, Cillian Murphy is someone that just is such a character actor that Mm -hmm. he just pops up and you're like, Hey, is that dude? And then like another 10 minutes, you're like oh, what's that character's name? Yeah, he's just that person now. Like, Cillian yeah. Murphy pops up wherever he wants to, and he's just always doing so good that it kind of... Like, I know he's had starring roles, but I think I like him a little bit more as just a person who pops up wherever he wants, has his little yeah. part, and then just goes off and does it again in another movie.
1: Yeah, it's not an insult towards him, but I think he's a better supporting actor than a lead actor, for sure.
0: I don't know about better but then again when I think about Cillian Murphy like I think I've only seen him in bit roles like I'm not going to tell you that red eye is a good example of his acting skills like I'm like I'm not going to say that I haven't seen 28 Days Later. Yes, I know. I know. Oh. But,
1: yeah, look, I know, I know, I know. No, but, I, I, no, I hate the movie. That, that's, oh. that's an anti-hot. That that is, that is a certified hot take. I do not like that movie. I hate it.
0: <laughs> I have nothing to add here. The only thing I know is that Danny Boyle is included. And pretty much Danny Boyle, all he has for me is Slumdog Millionaire and 127 Hours. That's about it. I don't know if I'm missing anything else. Besides that, I don't know if Danny Boyle is someone Oh wait, he did yesterday. Never mind. I don't want Danny Boyle around me anymore. Like I don't want. It. <laughs> oh, I hated yesterday. I hated I've it. I've seen that. Oh, yesterday was pissing me off just because it was just so happy. Yes, I oh, know okay. that that's such a stereotype of me that yeah, oh, happy. Get away from me. He's happy for this shit. <laughs> but I just was so annoyed because it just seems like the movie's just like. Hey, yeah, man, hang out. Here's some Beatles music. Hey, here's some artists. All right, it's fun, right? I'm like, no, get away from me. Please show me something depressing so I can care. (laughs) Uh, But, okay, yeah, 28 days later, I don't know. Danny Boyle, we'll, we'll see if I ever get around to him. But Cillian Murphy, I like him. I should really check and see if there's anything that he's actually done that's Oh, wow. Thank you, Google. That's horrifying. I typed in The Quiet Place Part 2. Then I typed something else in. And I just put typed in CI. And Google was like, you mean Cillian Murphy. I'm like, I, I hate this. How many people have yeah. done this? Th- thank you, Algorithm. You're learning me day by day. But Cillian Murphy is just good in almost everything that he does. And I'm not going to go as far to say he's better as a bit actor than a protagonist. But then again, I've only seen him as a bit actor. So what can I really say?
1: Yeah, no, I'm I'm a big fan of him. Uh, and, and like I said, those bit roles are what makes him for me. Like, very underrated role as Scarecrow when Batman begins. Obviously, nobody talks about him that much because of what came after with yeah. the, and the Joker and uh, Bane, our friend Bane. But he... I really liked him as Scarecrow, too, in Batman Begins. So, Oh, he was great. He was
0: just this little greasy kid that was a great Scarecrow. And he just always had, like, this uneasy energy to him. Like, he was good in the role.
1: Yeah, I love it. He was also in Inception, too, so more Nolan stuff. He's in a lot of Nolan's movies. But he had a really good role in Inception with a lot of hearts, so... Man, he doesn't have that long of a filmography. I mean... I was looking at it, too. There's a lot of little things, but, yeah, there's not a lot I've actually seen. The stuff I've seen, I love. But
0: Yeah, I've seen Peaky Blinders on here twice, and like I said, I'm not doing that. I like my ass coffee. I'm not doing that. So
1: <laughs>
0: t- shall we go into spoilers? Because I feel like we kind of topped out on what we can talk surface
1: level. Uh, yeah, let's do spoilers.
0: All right. Okay, so three, two, one. My God, when the girl finally just gets to beat down that monster and the brother is doing it at the same time, I just felt exactly like Emily Blunt. I was like, I'm so proud of these kids out here murdering these monsters. Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. I know it's so good. It definitely gets really intense near the end, like kind of like that one shot when they're like in that town that's safe. And then you can just, they, they oh obviously know God. that the, that the thing snuck on with them. And he's like, right. He's like, get in your houses, get in your houses, go, go. And you just, you just see the thing, the monster just comes start fucking people up left and right. It's oh so good. God. It's it, such a great scene.
0: It was so exciting for me because I was thinking you have a couple of them in the first movie and they're very threatening. And then you jump into this movie and it just feels like they have even more of them just out in the open where it feels like it's an alien to aliens thing where it feels like they are still pretty threatening. But because there's even more numbers for them, it doesn't feel like they're more threatening. It just feels like they become more of a nuisance where it's like, okay, we can we know how to take these on. So it's fine. Even if you give us more. I love that that town, the inclusion of that makes it so even one of them is just super deadly. And i really really enjoyed that and especially putting it in that enclosed space again whenever they're trying to get to the uh radio station i was thinking wow that's actually good you're putting it back in an enclosed space so we're getting the extra danger of that thing again
1: yeah no that was really good And, and i like the point you made you're totally right too like you're used to like before that part. It's kind of multiple of them that are popping up normally, but then you kind of just get that one and even one of them. It shows you how dangerous those fucking things are if you don't, if you don't have the the tools to counter them. Basically, mm-hmm. uh,
0: the other thing. So, I, oh, I do want to say that. Oh my god, I don't remember what that dude's name. It, it's the black dude. The only reason I know him is because I see him and he's the guy in Guardians
1: of the Galaxy who goes who so do you you know what he's credit so do you mean the actor's name or the character's name yes so okay (laughs) the actor's (laughs) name is a digimon honosu i'm probably saying that wrong digimon honosu but the character's name is credited as man on island so you're right to not remember his name he doesn't have a name okay wait oh wait what the hell
0: wikipedia how oh never mind never mind I was trying to figure out why it was that Cillian Murphy had such a short list of credits he has a longer list of credits that list on his Wikipedia page is awards not credits
1: oh okay well there you go <laughs> yeah okay that makes more sense yeah this man has yeah. not stopped working okay. okay yeah okay There we that go. that
0: makes more sense now because I was trying to look for the uh, Wikipedia page for A Quiet Place Part 2 okay there we go gotcha gotcha uh, okay okay yeah uh, that is this man. So yeah, it is him. And honestly, I felt really bad for this guy. I <laughs> he gets fucked. <laughs> yeah, he does. But it just makes me so sad that he's the leader of this island. He does nothing wrong because I was actually really worried. I was like, I really hope that we don't get more of the... Humans are the real monster trope. Like, we already yeah. had that with the guys that dropped the bells on Silly Murphy, which, by the way, we'll talk about that later. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. But for this guy, I just was like, he's doing everything right. Thankfully, he's not, like, eating people on this little island. They're just chilling out. And he's the one who gets in the car and drags the monster away. And I'm like, you know what? This guy's a cool dude. He's doing stuff. I like him. But then the movie goes, well, if we put him inside that recording room, then The people have an unfair advantage, so we need to get rid of him to level the playing field. Yep. (laughs) So we're just going to have him stand near the opening like if it's fucking Deep Blue Sea and just have him taken out real easily. And uh, like I get what the writing reason was. I just still feel like I'm really sad about it. I wish Kat he kind of had a more of a part, because everything he did, I was like, yeah, I like you. I prefer if you didn't die, but, like, I get it. Rest in peace, Man on Island. We, we hardly knew you. Yeah, we hardly knew you that we don't even have a name. We're just going to put Man on Island on the tombstone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, that island thing was just such a cool idea. Hell, hmm. just because we jumped into the deep end, how about the plot? Of the actual movie. Like what forces the plot. Like the idea that the little girl recognizes. That the high-pitched whine hurts them. Here's a radio broadcast and goes. Oh crap we can start helping people fight back. Like that was something that I. Like I said I went into this movie just like. I don't know what I'm getting into. If this is just good and I want the steelbook. That's all I want. When they show that that was going to be the driving plot. I was like. Oh, that's actually really creative, and, you know, even though it kind of doubles down on what my problem was with the first movie, where it's just like, oh, you can just kill those things that easily if you have the right frequency, even though it doubles down on that, it just keeps going that, you know, I wasn't going to nitpick, I was going to say, if that's the way we're going fine. All right. So the fact that it just kept going that way, where the high pitch wine just makes them easily susceptible to being killed. And the fact that you have a scene where she tries it and fails to kill it, just showing that it's not that easy. Like you really do need to be sure that you still nail your shot. I was like, yeah, okay. These things are no longer bitches where you can just kind of pop them with the right frequency. Like you still need to have some skill with a gun. And I was like, okay, thank you. You might actually kind of fix this a little bit for me.
1: Yeah, I agree. No, that was really cool how they did that. And that actress, really good, um, uh, uh, Millicent Simmons, uh, really good actress. I actually didn't know she was a uh, death in real life, too, so yes. that's really cool. I, didn't mm,
2: know th-
0: that. I remember that because they had made it a thing about the first movie, and when I found that out, I was like, oh... Oh, actually, that's pretty cool. And especially I love that for the first one and the second one, they definitely do that thing where you will sometimes hear the movie from her point of view, and I'm not going to lie, I am such a sucker for that. Like, whenever she lost the hearing aid in the second one and the movie just drops complete silence, and she just starts freaking out because she realizes that she doesn't have her hearing. Like, no hearing is... In a world that will snap you out like that is a horrifying thought. So to have her just break down like that and one, realize that she's gone out this entire way and can't even finish her mission. But also just realize that she can't really go back because, you know, how the hell are you going to get back without being able to hear anything? Ah,
1: that was just good shit. Yeah, at that point, like if that happened to me, I'd just lay down and die. Yeah, so, no, I, mean, no. I, I mean, to be honest, I would just lay down and die at the beginning anyways. Could be like, okay, cool, finally, like take me. But. <laughs> but What you would do is that
0: as soon as you realize your hearing aid was off, you're like, all right, I'm going to grab a couple of sticks. I'm just going <laughs> to... <laughs> hey, everybody, everybody. Free Meat here, everybody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. But I am, st- I am such a big fan of... Of this actress in this movie. She just did so much good stuff. Where I, even though it felt a little bit like... It felt a little bit like kids cartoon. Where it's like the kids are going to go out and do the mission. It never felt like that. Like It felt like yeah you could say that if you wanted to to be an asshole. But even though they had all that. It never felt like it. It still felt like there was actual danger. Especially having Cillian Murphy there. Allows them to be a little... In more in danger than you'd expect, which I, we gotta get to it. with That scene with the few Ravagers that we see. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. The idea that they weaponize sound is such a cool idea. I yeah. just, the idea that they just put the bells on you, it's like, you're done. What the hell are you gonna do? You gonna scream? <laughs> That's what screws us all over. Uh Oh, my God. I'm really happy that it, we didn't dwell on it because, I mean, like I said, it's get, we're getting to the cliche point of man is the real evil. Like, come on. We've, uh, we don't need that anymore. It's still good shit. If it's interesting enough, go for it. But for the most part, just let it be the mild sprinkling, never the focus anymore.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you there. Like, I, I tried to watch four seasons of The Walking Dead. I'm, I never... <laughs> ever need to see that trope again in any sort of media ever so no thank you for that and yeah, they don't really touch in a lot. And in, in, in fact, to take it a step further, I was very like, I'm, I don't know about you, but at the beginning of A Quiet Place 2, I was like, oh, it's Cillian Murphy's Emmett is his name. Uh, mm-hmm. Is Emmett good? Is he bad? Like, are they going to go that route that he's actually a bad guy? And there's even that scene where the kid's like exploring around his house. You're like, oh, what secrets are he going to find there? Like, are, they, mm-hmm. are, are his kids still alive and chained up and he's like torturing them or something? Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. My head was like thinking all these crazy things, but they didn't go that route, thankfully, which was good to see.
0: I'm very happy that they didn't go that route just because I was thinking from everything that they've shown us, he doesn't seem like he's a bad dude. He just seems like a dude who's like, listen, I've lost my wife. I've lost my kid. Now you're going to ask me to stick out my neck for another kid that I might get to attach to and lose. Yeah, I'm good. I want you out of here right now. I don't have enough food. I don't know if that's the truth or not. I just don't want to share my food with people who might die and end up hurting me because of it. So all of that, I was like, man, thank God it wasn't anything dumb. I was worried about it for a second whenever she was crying on the ground because she didn't have her hearing aid. I was worried for a second that he took it and then just fucked off. And I was like, oh, no, that's... I really hope that's not it. I don't see what the point of that is. That seems kind of dumb. So I'm glad they didn't go that route. Yeah, I'm saying that would have been a really bad turn for me. Mm -hmm. So my one thing that kind of broke me out of it was the kid going upstairs and exploring. Because I was thinking, why are you doing that? You're already there in the basement. Your mom has told you to watch your brother. You are completely scared of taking care of your brother, and you're really going to leave him. You're going to leave a baby that can cry. Sure, it's in the quiet box, but still, like, you are so I mean, yeah, it's in the quiet box. (laughs) Yeah, I like like it. I I like it. I I hate it, because now that you're laughing at it, it's making me think that people are punishing kids. Like, do you want to go back to the quiet box? Like, no, no, no. (laughs) So you have a baby in a quiet box that sure, yeah, it can still cry in there, but I mean, sorry, it'll still cry in there muted, but it can still cry. In a world where every little thing can make sound and possibly get you killed, probably don't leave the baby inside just somewhere alone, okay? And so you have all that, and he's exploring around this place, and I just keep thinking, what is the point to explore You've already gotten all your answers in that bunker. You've already seen all the pictures of the kid. The wife isn't there, so you have to assume that she's gone. Like, there's just kind of common sense things that he finds out that you could easily just derive from the information that's already down in the bunker and because he does that then it causes a sound it causes more monsters to come through like it just seems like this chain reaction started from a stupid point where i was like if this kid dies right now i don't think i'm gonna feel bad for him i'm gonna feel bad for the baby like that's what i'm gonna feel really bad about
1: Yeah, I'm with you. The kid was dumbass. Like, I understand why that scene was there. It's for dramatic tension. And Again, I think they were building it that, ooh, was Emmett really a bad guy? Like, I think there was a sprinkling of that in there. So I get what they were doing with it, but, yeah, I mean, the kid was just stupid. I know. By the way, I was
0: freaking, I was freaking the fuck out when the baby's oxygen was going down. I was like, no, no. Don't you kill this baby. Don't you... Kill this cute-ass baby. Look, I don't care about his older brother. If he dies, whatever. As soon as he starts protecting that baby, I'll care about him again. But (laughs) until that moment happens, I do not want this baby to die. And it just... Oh, oh. I am so happy that they got the oxygen back. I was really thinking, oh, man, what happens in this movie if Emily Blunt comes back and comes back to a dead baby and just sees her son there. And I was thinking, wait a minute. The movie's PG-13. We're not going there. We'll we'll be fine. But But still, the fact that they built up the tension like that to make me forget for a second, I was like, you know what, Mr. Emily Blunt? Good job, Mr. Emily Blunt. Good job.
1: Congrats. (laughs) All right.
0: The opening. Yes, the
1: opening. Good Lord. Yeah, it's so effective because it kind of... It puts you into a little bit of a lull there at the beginning, and it lets you kind of just relax and kind of get into the movie, which you do. And it's obvious, like, day one, they're setting it up to kind of see what happens with it. So, And and they're really smart with it, because you're just like, okay, shit's going on, there's a fire, let's get in our cars, let's go home. Everybody starts getting ready to go home. And I I just, I guess I wasn't expecting it. I'm like, okay, they're probably going to go home and watch a news broadcast, and there'll be, like, a scene at the house. But no, like, seconds later, he's talking to the cop, and boom! The fucking thing comes out of nowhere and you're just like, holy shit, here we go. It was so effective.
0: That one shot of driving down the street, crashing off to the side, driving forward, a bus comes up and she just puts it in reverse as the monster starts coming out. I was like, oh, oh, John Krasinski, you've learned a thing or two, haven't you?
1: (laughs) It's so effective.
0: Oh, my God. And, of course, we've got the elephant in the room. Are you going to say it, or am I going to say it? You go ahead. The Last of Us. Come on.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, I didn't even... I didn't even get that parallel, but you're right. Yeah, really? I told you. No, I didn't. I did not. Oh, okay.
0: That, that was... I just kept looking at that, and I was like, this is just so very much The Last of Us. You've got a small little town and a family with a kid, and... Like you got basically things going to shit in a small area. Like I just had those vibes almost immediately. The cars being turned over, the fires. I was like, Yeah, this is this. This is this. This yeah. is
1: great. <laughs> yeah, that I, honestly it'll probably be better than the fucking Last of Us TV show, so
0: <sighs> yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: At least
0: at least you can hope so. I, w- I hope it's actually worse like i hope so <laughs> yeah that's fair so that opening is incredibly effective yeah, i yeah. am so so glad that john krasinski was just in the opening and never again because yeah i was actually really scared i was like no john krasinski you don't really need to be here you died we don't need the the dead character who gets to appear again because they're a ghost trip right like literally if the leftovers was able to do it successfully we don't need to ever do it again okay that's just a trope that we need to take out into the back and just kill unless you have an actor or actress that is so worthwhile that you bring back because you realize it was a mistake to kill them like that's the only get out of jail free card you get for that trope
1: Yeah. No, I actually didn't even know uh, John Krasinski was in the movie, so I was like, I kind of felt the same way. Like, I I hope they don't keep doing flashbacks and flash forwards and flashbacks, but no, just that one scene at the very beginning, and then he's dead. Never see from him again. By the way,
0: I am getting annoyed by things naming themselves part two and not being two parallel storylines, and (laughs) I'm not going to mention the other thing. I'm just going to (laughs) mention the original one. I mean, The Godfather part two, you got Don Corleone and Vito Corleone and you got Michael and you got all this and you have their two storylines parallel and you want know actually I am going to say it I still wish that we got the version that everyone theorized where Abby was going to be Ellie's mom all right I still want that version all right
1: Oh I didn't know that was even a theory interesting
0: Oh yeah no since they were teasing the name so much people were like oh she's important so everyone thought that it was going to be a parallel story of Abby who would have been Ellie's mom and Ellie and both of their stories in parallel and telling whatever story they needed to tell to comment on both of them and not gonna lie i like that idea all right we yeah, need more uh, people to uh, knock uh, off godfather <laughs> part 2
1: I like what we got better, but we won't get into that. Today. I'm
0: going to eat my microphone.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm going to eat my microphone, and at some point, I hope it shorts me and shocks me. And I <laughs> hope it kills me so badly that my wife can't touch my electrocuted body, and ERCOT has to shut down the entire grid of Houston to stop me from shocking. Alright? That's what I want. Very detailed.
1: Why, place too. <laughs> Good movie. Very... Very good movie. I think I hit
0: the main beats. Is there anything else you want to talk about the
1: movie? Well, I want to be negative for one second. So we'll cut off spoilers here, I assume. And let me be negative for one second. Negative. This is is a really good movie. I do not need a part three. Yes. And I do not need spinoffs. Yes. Now only exception i could think in my head is if like in five years or ten years i was thinking no maybe if they want to do a part three and have it be that baby like 20 years in the future and do a completely new storyline of how things are then maybe i can get behind that but i don't want a fucking spin-off i don't want this to turn into a franchise i think he's hit gold twice don't push your luck
0: look look are you telling me that you don't want to saw this You don't want a paranormal activity this? You don't wanna see a quiet place spin off where we see the aliens point of view and we find out that the aliens just have very sensitive hearing and the humans just need to learn to live with that? Are you telling me that's not what you want? No. (laughs) Well, we don't care about that.
1: It's funny though, those two movies you mentioned, like, so, I, so for Saw, I really like Saw 1. I think Saw 2 is fine. Correct. And then Saw 3 forward is garbage in my opinion. Correct. Um, and then Paranormal Activity 1 I like. Paranormal Correct. Activity 2 I think is fine. Correct. But again, 3 and forward, it's just garbage. Though it is hey. funny, like you can tell that's when you need to stop. You don't need to do a trilogy for everything, just stop. Here's the problem. Horror movies
0: are very cheap to produce and they mm-hmm. have huge returns.
1: And what yeah. is a Quiet Place?
0: Cheap and a horror movie.
1: Franchise yeah. we'll see, that shit, we'll baby. Money. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see in three years for the uh, Quiet Place three talk. So.
0: Quiet Quiet Place Part Three. This time the the baby's gonna hold a shotgun and we're gonna find out that it's blind, and because it's blind, he knows how to properly attack them, and it's just gonna be Daredevil in the Quiet Place universe.
1: Hell yeah.
0: Okay, never mind. Did I just sell us on it?
1: I'm done. I'm down. Fuck it.
0: <laughs> Crap. All right. Well, that Paramount, if you use that idea, I'm suing. Perfect.
1: Four stars yep. out of five.
0: Uh, quiet Place. Uh,
1: sound design out of ten. Perfect. Fantastic. Uh, my turn now, right? Yep. Uh, let's talk about Mr. Robot. So... I know we've talked about Mr. Robot a ton on this show, so I'm sorry to bring it up once more time. I'm I'm sure you're tired of it. I'm sure the the listeners are tired of it. No, no,
0: no, 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 no. If anyone is tired of Mr. Robot, just stop listening right now, okay? (laughs) Mr. Robot is a phenomenal TV show, and if you're tired of listening of Mr. Robot, you know what the problem is? The problem is that you haven't watched Mr. Robot. So you should probably watch it so then you realize that you like it to the point where you want to keep hearing about it. Continue.
1: Correct. (laughs) So I finally finished season four. Made a concerted effort. I was like, I'm going to finish season four so I could talk about this one final time. And I'm really glad I did. Season four is a really special season of television in general. Um, And I will talk spoilers in a little bit. I'm going to keep it vague for now, though. Um, But I will say that there's a couple things that i wanted to touch on in specific first of all this is definitely a top 10 tv show of all time for me Mm. um i don't know where how high it'll go Uh, i don't know if it's going to quite bust into the top five but it's close it's on the edge there for sure not top three but very Mm. good show nonetheless um i think the, the season finale the the final i'm gonna i'm gonna count those final two parts together correct um i think it was the second best episode's or episode in the entire series. Um, it's very nice when a show manages to stick the landing. Yeah, Doesn't happen as often as you think. This one absolutely sticks the landing and is beautiful. And I'll talk about that a bit more later on. And season four, episode seven. What is the name of that episode? I should have this open. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, proxy authentication required. That is perhaps one of the best hours of television i've ever seen in my entire life um uh, and again i want to get into more details in that further on so i'll see i I actually want to get right into spoilers so do you have anything else you want to say before then
0: the one thing i want to say for mr robot is of course it is phenomenal and just because you were talking about the ending i just want to mention a small thing that happened of course i had watched pretty much the entire show live episode to episode and I remember finishing season four, Mr. Robot, and I remember literally as the credits were rolling and USA was doing its thing like, oh, here's the next show you should watch. It's like, shut up, USA. You're, it's not Mr. Robot. And I remember turning <laughs> to my wife and looking at her like, did it just end good? Oh, my God. Did, did we just have a satisfying ending? Oh, my God. They didn't Game of Thrones. They didn't Game of Thrones. Oh, my God. We got a good ending. We got a good ending. Like I was so <laughs> excited. I was like, "Oh no. my god!" I looked at my, I looked at her sister. I looked at her husband. And I was like,
2: "We got a good ending." <laughs> it's like,
0: sad that like, you have to celebrate that now, but you're right. I know, but like, I was so excited too because I'm the one that brought the show to them. So to the fact that I brought them a four season show that was pretty strong, pretty much the entire time. And I will admit, pretty much by season two at the beginning, we were like oh, man, I kind of hope this brings it back. And, like, the second half, it did. So we're like, okay, cool, we're going to keep going. Because, like, we did try to watch Westworld, and I tried watching some of Season 2 with them. No. But we got, like, two or three episodes in. And I was like, you know what, guys? I'm not going to put you guys through this. I'm going to keep watching Season 2, and I'll find out if it's worth it. And it it's wasn't. Not. It's and spoiler, I told them, it's not. Yeah, and I told them, Westworld, look, that's not coming back unless Season 3 Kicks it back up. And I got halfway through season three and went, I'm out. So I was. You made it further than I did. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm just very happy that Mr. Robot is one that landed. So I have so much cachet that I can burn because of Mr. Robot. So that is everything I have. Not spoiler wise, Mr. Robot, go ahead and count it down.
1: All right. So, three, two, one. So, season four, episode seven is where I want to start. And Mm. it's funny. I remember finishing the episode, watching it and I just sat there kind of in silence for a good five minutes, just kind of reflecting on the roller coaster of that episode. And I was like, yeah, it's a fucking great, like that's phenomenal. Like that's so fucking well done. And I just sat there and the more I sat there and the more I thought about it, I I started to tear up and I got really emotional about it. I was like, holy fuck. And it just kept hitting me like the, the, like the longer I sat there and the more I thought about it. Um, So yeah, Season 4, Episode 7 basically deals with the fact that he was sexually abused by his father. And it's such an obvious thing, thinking back on it. No, It makes perfect sense. No.
0: Well, well, yes, it does, but the fact that Mr. Robot himself, Edward Aldrin... Wait, is his his last name Aldrin? Oh, Alderson.
1: Alderson, Alderson. Yeah,
0: no, the fact that Edward Alderson is just such an ever-present thing throughout the entire show he never gives off creepy vibes but of course because we're being told from elliot's point of view that he never remembers him creepy so it's one of those things that the puzzle piece can fit there but there was never any hint towards it besides elliot's actual being as a person and the fact that we can only see snippets of mr robot from well okay probably not mr robot I'm going to call him Edward because I don't want to call him Mr. Robot because there are two distinct personalities. So the fact that Edward just never shows up like that. And it isn't until that puzzle piece fits in that you have to reevaluate almost everything that Elliot has to remember about his dad. I was just like there, how do you do something that has no hints that you just take from the scenery itself and go, that was proof. And you're like, whoa 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 it's like if you saw a painting in the same spot for years and never thought to open it back up there and you see a safe you're like that makes so much sense but there was literally nothing that would have told me that that was there and yet it just fits perfectly to know that it's there
1: yeah so yeah i'll correct myself that when i say it makes sense and it's obvious it's not obvious at all from the story perspective you you really there's no reason you should know that Mm -hmm. but then once you get that piece of information then the puzzle piece slides in and you're like oh that does make sense even though they didn't really hint to it at all because Mm -hmm. it's a perfect explanation for a lot of different shit. And yeah, it's just so expertly done, that episode. And I remember at the very, very end of the episode when he's basically... Oh, I'm going to forget his name, but he's so good and I feel bad. Do you remember his name?
0: I want to um, say Vega, but I know that that's wrong. I know someone right now that I've gotten into Mr. Robot. like, ah, that guy, that guy. Look, oh, whenever you're uh, recording stuff, you forget.
1: <laughs> Fernando.
0: Fernando, yeah,
1: there we go. Fernando, Fern- Fernando, Fernando Vara. Okay. So. Oh, Vera. 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 For now, Vera. Okay, there we go. Okay, Vera. So, at the very end when he's kind of just like, like he's basically had that emotional breakdown. He's fucked now. And I was like, these two are either going to kiss or he's about to die. <laughs> yeah. It was like, well, one of those two things are about to happen. And sure enough, fucking the his psychiatrist comes out and fucking shanks him and kills him. But, and it's such a shocking moment because, It's just, yeah, and it's so well done because I remember him coming back in the after credits scene at the end of season three yeah, and being like, okay, why why are you coming back? And then I was like, that's cool. I like you. I think you're a great actor. I think you're a fun character, but why are you coming back? And then in season four, he's in it very sporadically to start. And I'm like, okay, but really, why are you coming back? Like, I know you're setting up for something here, but what are we setting up for? And holy fuck was the payoff worth it. Play. It is just an absolute masterpiece of storytelling, and it's up there with the leftovers for me, it, specifically the uh, International Assassin episode, which is my favorite leftovers episode of all time. So it's the best praise I can give something is that hour of television was absolutely amazing.
0: I still can't believe what that episode pulls off because whenever you watch it, it has such an offbeat operatic tone to it because of the acts where way too many times are there actual like really good comedic beats that you just keep thinking this is way funnier than it usually is and it's so brilliantly used because The comedy sets you up even higher emotionally in positive feelings that once it brings you down to the truth about Elliot's dad, that you feel even worse for it. That even when you get to the end where it feels like it should be hokey, that Elliot's yelling with the storm and Vera's like, amen, like... Somehow, it balances this line of hokey, and yet you still completely take it serious. And the fact that even though Vera is totally the person who's trying to take advantage of Elliot throughout this entire time, you I don't know about you, but I truly, truly do believe that Vera cares about Elliot. And that is so insane to me that this guy who just literally wants to control him and all their history... Vera still respects Elliot To such a degree that He legitimately does want to help him Even if it's partly selfish Reasons I don't know how the hell you fit all of that In a single hour for a character That when they brought him back
1: I was thinking Oh, really? Oh, Mm -hmm. Okay, I guess Yeah, that's an interesting point actually I'm not... (sighs) I'm a bit on the fence on that. I don't know if he really cares about Elliot. I'll say this. I think in his coked out state he's in, I think he absolutely does care about Elliot. But if he's completely sober, I don't know if we're getting the same vara. So that's kind of something I'd have to think about. But I think in that state and in that point in time, he absolutely does care about him. And it's such an interesting uh, dynamic between the two of them. Like, it's just so well done. You bring this character back just to do this one piece of television, and you're right. The episode starts off hilarious for mm-hmm. like a good chunk of it. Like, it's it split up, I think, into five acts. The first, like, yeah. two acts or three acts or whatever are funny. Like, there's mm-hmm. so much comedic bits in this. So, originally, I thought this was going to be a comedic episode. Right? And yeah. I don't think anyone, anyone would be blamed for thinking that, but... It just evolves into something so much more and I've never really had an episode, especially after it's over, just kind of sit with me for so long. Like if I tear up, if I get emotional, it'll usually happen during the episode, (laughs) but never like 15 minutes after when I'm just kind of sitting there and being like, God damn, like, what was that? Like, it's so good.
0: I'm sorry, I just I just thought of the line right now.
1: <laughs> I got
0: your bullets, bitch.
1: Like, <laughs> oh my
0: god, there's something about that line that I don't know why it sticks with me that I should be thinking of that line more often than not.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's just so poetic too that like... His two goons or whatever come, see him dead, just fucking steal his wallet and go. They didn't give a shit about him. Yeah. <laughs> they just <laughs> literally take his wallet, like, get the cash, get the cash. And they're gone. Like, fuck, it's so sad.
0: I love but, it that Vera was the one who just really wanted to do everything. And these guys are just like, he's our meal ticket, whatever. Yeah. And I love that the show still cared to not leave them as loose ends to show them for what they were. What they were just yeah. like, oh, uh, Vera's dead. I just grab a couple of dollars. We'll figure out from here, you know. Do we, do we go rob for e-coin or something? I don't know. What are we
1: doing today? Yeah, no kidding. Eh? So that's basically all I had to say about that episode. But like I said, I can't say enough good things about it. That's like one of the best hours of television I've ever seen. Um, and now I think I, I just want to touch a little bit on the finale itself. So, mm, yeah. Before that. i, I, I will go the ahead. The one yep. thing that
0: I did want to mention was part of the... If Vera cares about Elliot, I do think that he did care about him because if he did want to, he probably could just put a gun to Elliot's head and kind of get him to do a couple of things. Yes, he gives his reasoning that he would prefer to have Elliot on his side. I do think that he does respect Elliot, at least going back to season one, where he's just so impressed with Elliot's hacking abilities to be able to get whatever he wants that I do think he respects Elliot to a certain degree where he does respect him to a point where he wants Elliot to respect him as well so I do think he cares about him enough that it does come from a selfish place but it does come from a selfish place and I'm also thinking that Vera does care about Elliot as well because once he figures out what was going on between Elliot and his dad, which to be fair, since Vera did read those files before Elliot was told it, Vera already knew. So I wouldn't be shocked if his sympathy for Elliot started at that point whenever he talks about the point that he had his mom's friends toss him around like that too. So... Like, there are things that make me think more than anything else that Vera did care about Elliot, even if it did come out a little bit messed up.
1: Yeah, that's totally fair. I'm still not sure. I'd have to actually think about that one. I I never actually really gave that one too much thought. But, yeah, I can definitely see that for sure. All right. Continue with the finale. Yeah. So the finale. um, Yeah. Just touch on that. Um, Really. So I did guess most of it. I think I I think I did figure out a good chunk of it beforehand. I think the signs were there. Once you kind of get to that second to last episode and kind of go through that different world, so to speak, (laughs) Um, I I kind of started to figure out what was going on there. And there's so many little signs for it throughout the entire series. Like it's definitely the type of series you could watch a second time and kind of get a new appreciation for it because they dropped so many hints for this one. Unlike the last one where you're right, there really wasn't a ton of hints that Mr. Robot was a, a child molester. Um, in in this scenario, there well, were so Edward. many hints. Oh, Edward, excuse me. Yeah, yeah so. no, no,
0: Mr. Robot's a good man, which, by Great. the way... Great, Mr. Robot's Mr. good,
1: Edward... Yeah. yeah, when Mr.
0: Robot pops back up, like I was like, ooh, this feels really wrong. I don't want yeah. you on screen. And then he immediately has a speech about how, look, your dad's an asshole. You created me so I could be the dad that you didn't have. That entire speech, I was so impressed that they knew... What they had done to Christian Slater's image in the series. And they realized we need to rectify this immediately. Because if we do this, it wrecks Mr. Robot too. So to have that speech that immediately made me go, they are two different people. This is the
1: father figure that Elliot needed. I was like, wow,
0: you know what you're
1: doing. Yeah, no, for sure. It was a really well done speech too. But yeah, no. So again, there's tons of little uh, nuggets they sprinkle in throughout that entire series, basically, on the direction that they're going. So I think that's really cool. Um, And yeah, it's just such a really cool concept that basically this entire series, you're not really seeing Elliot Mm -hmm. at all. You're seeing another one of his personalities that he's created to make him do some tough shit. And I'm so happy that they didn't go for some, oh, it was all in his head bullshit, because yeah. I was worried about that. When fucking um, God, and she's and uh, he's amazing, but uh, White Rose. Um, yes. When, when, when he's like, oh, Angela's still alive. I'm like, bitch, if Angela's alive, this show's getting a one out of 10 from me. Thankfully, <laughs> it didn't go that direction at all. But it was cool to see her again. And, and actually, and I thought she did very well in the finale for once. But yeah, she was good in it. Uh, and it's just very, very well done. And it and it just leaves a lot of questions in your mind. Like, yeah, the entire series, you're basically following some guy, another one of the personalities. And again, the signs were all there. One of my favorite ones that I noticed, and I didn't really notice at the time. But when they there, um, I think it was an episode or two before that, when you basically see the... Mr. Robot, the mom projection and the child projection all in that boardroom together. Um, there's an empty chair. There's those three, but there's a fourth chair and the fourth chair is Elliot. And I was like, fuck, of course. Like that makes so much sense. Or well, the, the mastermind, I should say, not Elliot, excuse mm-hmm. me. Um. So I was like, fuck, that makes so much sense. That's so cool. And th- there were so many little callbacks to that. So it was just expertly done well and then just him coming to terms with, fuck, I, I really, this is true, like, I am a personality, I need to let Elliot have his life back, and just the, the scene at the very, very end where they're in the movie theater kind of watching all those moments, like, that just took place over the last four seasons fly by, it was very nice, and they really did stick the landing and ended on a perfect note, and... You know, Elliot comes back to reality, which we kind of did get to see a bit of him. He chokes him out (laughs) earlier on in the, (laughs) earlier on in the two part finale, which I thought was great. So that was the real Elliot. So we did get to see a bit of a peek at him, but, uh, yeah, it was just so well done.
0: I'm not going to lie. I love the mastermind idea because I love that the last two episodes are just the final gasp of life that the mastermind has to have. How he just cannot let go. How he feels that even though he's already done everything that he needs to do, that he's already kind of cleared the board for Elliot to come back. The mastermind cannot let go. The fact that he is not... Elliot he is just the tool that is supposed to break everything to clear the way for the real Elliot and god that is just such a cool idea especially because I had watched season one a couple of times leading up to the show whenever I was trying to convince other people watching it and the drug trip episode in season one the fact that the mastermind drops back into his own subconscious and he falls into the world that he put Elliot into and he has that scene with Angela about to spill the beans that he's the mastermind. I was thinking, I have no idea if that was planned or if you saw it and went, this would be perfect. All I know is that seeing that there added so much cohesion to the entire series that... I cannot believe how well-structured this entire show is.
1: Yeah, it's really expertly done. And if he didn't have that planned up, and that's the fucking happiest accident ever made. <laughs> I like, I'll tell you that much. Like, I know that they had
0: four to five seasons planned, depending on if USA wanted to give it to them. Ratings yeah. were falling off, so they told them four seasons. So they definitely always had a plan. My question is how detailed, because... Man, that entire scene, without the context, you're just like, oh, yeah, this is a trip. But whenever you see it in context, you're like, oh, 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 how did you just luckily repurpose the dialogue like that? Or did you have this plan? Because either way is impressive, but the second one is definitely more impressive.
1: For sure. (laughs) It's stunning to me, that attention to detail and that level of detail. And I actually afterwards, like a little bit later, I went back and watched that scene again because they do mention in the finale. And sure enough, there it is. I'm like, wow, that's really fucking cool. That's such a cool callback and a cool touch. And that's what you told me about. You're right. You know, you wouldn't think anything of it. That's just him going through his crazy drug trip hallucination. But there he is. It's the mastermind falling back into his, uh, into where he's supposed to be for a moment and then uh, busting right back out.
0: So, so good and i love this show and i hate that i feel like i would need another rewatch to want to give it a special episode and yet i literally finished the series like right before i started recording like this show in general <laughs> I, you uh, just
1: want another excuse to watch it again <laughs>
0: no, no i can't do it i can't do it like i i bought six blu-rays today right on a buy two get one from target right And I already have, like, another seven Blu-rays sitting over there in my shelf. And I can tell you right now, it's about to be a bloodbath to get on that shelf. Like, it's going to (laughs) be really, really bad. So, I can already tell you right now that I don't think I can squeeze in another show besides Mad Men. Because those movies are going to be duking it the hell out. And I'm going to have to end up making some hard choices where movies I like are going to end up getting cut. It's not going to be easy ones where it's like, oh, Teen Titans go to the movies. Yeah, I'll watch this one more time and then throw it away. Like, I don't need this anymore. Like, there's going to be some hard cuts. I mean, especially since I've got the before trilogy, like, you know, like, before sunrise, before sunset, before midnight. I mean, everyone always talks about those as being, like, the highest class romantic movies. And here's the thing. I have a cold heart. There's nothing that's going to get through there. But I'll (laughs) give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. I mean, my wife tends to enjoy them, and occasionally i got to give her a bone, you know?
1: For sure. Yeah, well, I'll probably give that a watch to an Amazon Prime. I'm walking into that movie, though, with the exact same amount of skepticism as you, if not more.
0: Oh, no, 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 trust me. I'm going in arms crossed just thinking, like, okay, you were the guy who did Boyhood, that honestly, if Richard Linklater wasn't from Texas... I don't know how much mileage I would have gotten out of Boyhood because it was fun seeing him film my university that I went to, UH, um, basically in like the early 2000s and me watching it and going oh shit, I know that building, I know that building, and him going to different places in Houston and in Texas, I'm like, oh my god, I recognize these places, and literally the ending of Boyhood ending in a park that I want to visit someday, there was just so many things in Boyhood that just feels like a very specific trip in the early 2000s through Texas that connects to me more, so it feels unfair to judge my only Richard Linklater movie based off of that, so the four trilogy is going to be Basically, his litmus test on whether if I want to watch more movies of his. And yes, I know Daisy confused. Yes, I know. I know. I'll get there.
1: <laughs> well, I'm I'm rooting for. Uh, I, I got to root for my boy uh, John Goodman and uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane. That's that's my hope for. Hopefully, it can get some shelf real estate. But we'll see when we cross that bridge. Trust me,
0: <laughs> I I'm hopeful because you got John Goodman and you got Mary Elizabeth Winstead stuck in a room yes. just acting their asses off against each other. I yes, have good bad. hopes about Excellent. that.
1: Excellent, excellent acting in that movie. Hmm. But yeah, back to Mr. Robot. Um, I think that pretty much covers most of what I want to say. We've talked about it so much on this show. Just amazing, like amazing finale. Uh, like one of like the final season of that shows the best season of the series by far. Yep. Um, uh, I would rank them season four, season three, season one, season two personally. Um, but yeah, great stuff.
0: I agree with the ranking. And if there's one thing I want to mention, I really love that pop song that okay I don't love the song itself I just love the entire sequence of Darlene running out of the airport and the (laughs) huge pop music playing and I was like this is the most jarring thing you could have put in Mr. Robot I love it I love how cheesy this is and the fact that they don't go full on cheesy and instead it's Darlene having a panic attack and just, Oh my God. I already forgot her name. Redhead. Um...
1: Uh, Dom and Dominique.
0: Yes. Dom, Dom falling asleep on the airplane. Finally, I was so happy for her that she actually finally knocked out. Like I was so happy that those two characters were able to change each other that they realized that you don't really need them to end up together because they've already had the effect that they needed on the other. The Dom, Absolutely. Dom has finally been able to get out of work. She's been able to actually finally fall asleep. She's finally able to try to live her life as she wants to. Darlene has finally realized that she doesn't need to be a, a cohabit now. Oh my God. Oh, she doesn't realize that she needs to be a codependent person on other people that are around her. Like, they already changed each other's lives, and I love that you don't need them to be together to have that change.
1: They do end up together in my canon, though. Uh, uh, after enough time, sure.
0: After enough yeah, not time, not right away.
1: Not right away. I think like a year later, she probably comes back and is like, "Yo, let's 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 watch some movies,
0: <laughs> Hey, hey, uh, I brought my Alexa over. Um, oh, fucking fuck sit Alexa. around and oh, ask her questions.
1: And before we move on, the scene at the airport with the fucking guy, at the, the oh, book. Oh, fuck! Oh my god, that was so funny. He's like, "Yeah, no, no, they don't care about you." they're small potatoes now like they don't care. Sorry. <laughs> I'm like ah, it's oh, so great. He's so good. it's like,
0: "Lad, you're freaking out for some reason?" Oh yeah. I chopped up the boss
1: um he was an <laughs> asshole come on <laughs> i love it so much oh my god it's he... such a great scene it's it's so stupid because it's like come on but at the same time it makes perfect sense i love it i love no, it I mean, so he good.
0: said he was gonna retire and work on his book so he's yeah. out so like it, it's so funny because it probably fits like what what reason does he really have to rat her out to the Dark Army? Oh, he yeah. just wants to get his book, and he wants to go to wherever he's going, all right? That's yeah. his only thing. Why? He doesn't have any loyalty to White Rose. I mean, that's why he told the Asian dude that White Rose was messing with him. He's like, oh, yeah, I used to be in your, in your spot. I got out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you should try to get out, too. So I am so happy that he showed up because I'm not going to lie. His replacement was a little lacking. The girl that... uh, Yeah, she's
1: good, but she's not the same quality,
0: for sure. Yeah, exactly. She was still good, though. I mean, that entire bottle episode... Well, not bottle episode, but that entire episode where they're basically stuck in uh, Dom's apartment, and they're trying to figure out where Elliot is. I mean, let's talk about Dom just pulling the knife out of her chest, stabbing that dude in the Achilles, popping the gun, and popping both of them. And I was like, damn. Dom did it. She this girl got a knife to the chest and can still be deadly like this. My god.
1: Oh yeah, I thought for sure she was dead that episode. Like I was like you're done, you're gone. But gone Isn't it wrong. insane whenever
0: a TV show that can be so brutal saves a character and they do
1: it in such a way that's never cheap? No, it was great. They did that perfectly. Oh
0: my god. This drama is so good. It's
1: so Make sure you pay good. for that book though. Which book? She hasn't paid for it yet. Oh. <laughs> hey, that's a signature in there, okay? <laughs> well, since that's I already so signed good. it, you gotta buy it. It's <laughs> so good. so good. But Yeah, no, great uh, great final season. Just fantastic.
0: Fantastic. Right. I assume that goes to me now, right? Yeah, yeah, we're good. We're good. Uh, okay, so we already got A Quiet Place out of the way. Pop star never stops stopping. My God. This one stays in the shelf. This will stays on the shelf easily. Oh my god. This movie is so fucking funny. The entire thing of the Style Boys and having the Lonely Island play them. And By the way, I didn't realize that the other two Lonely Island guys, the one that isn't Andy Sandberg, they both directed the movie, which I had no idea about until I started looking at the credits. This movie is... It's just so funny and I love that it's parodying like the Katy Perry movie and like the Justin Bieber movie that came out in the early 2010s where it's like artists that have been out for like a year or two getting their own documentaries. I mean, it's so funny to see that they just got the most ridiculous ridiculous amount of artist cameos to say the stupidest shit like dude they have Nas pop up at some point like oh yeah the style boys without the style boys i would have never made any my my art my albums you know like style boys was so influential on me and then hearing simon cowell be like yeah no the style boys i mean i wish i managed them they were incredible like and i don't remember what it was at some point i think he had mentioned the at some point um Andy Sandberg tells one of the members that used to be part of Style. Oh, okay. You know what? Let me explain at least a little bit of what's going on in Popstar Never Stop Stopping. Andy Sandberg and the other two Lonely Island guys used to be in a band called uh, Style Boys, but because of a dispute on who wrote a certain lyric, one of them leaves, and so Andy Sandberg becomes a solo artist, and the other member basically becomes the beat maker for them. And he's basically a solo artist, but the other guy is still there making beats in the background. So. What I love is that increasingly throughout the movie, Andy Sandberg makes the other guy just way less of an important part of it all. Like to the point where he, the guy in the back doesn't even do anything. Like he's just plugging in an iPod and pressing play and like moving his hands around like, yeah, yeah. Like he's not even really DJing, right? So there's a certain point where they start trying to make him more interesting by giving him gimmicks. And at some point they put a helmet on him and the helmet he can't tell like it's supposed to be like dead mouse or like um the other guys Or Daft Punk.
1: Uh, Daft Punk, yeah.
0: Yeah, or Daft Punk. So, like, they do this, and what's hilarious is that they tend to have these interstitials with actual artists or people in the music industry, and one of my favorite ones was Simon Cowell going, The helmet was brilliant. We should have done that to Zayn for One Direction. Maybe he would have not left if we had done that. Like, (laughs) dude, they have so many cameos that are so hilarious that I just couldn't believe that they got just... Oh, I don't remember what it was. I think they even have DJ Khaled pop in, even to say some funny shit. And the fact that they directed these these artists to say some funny things like that—that that none of them feel like it was just a cameo for a cameo's sake, but like to add like kind of authenticity to the fact that the Style Boys had some music uh, ca- talent to them. Or Connor for real. Oh yeah, by the way, that's Andy Samberg's uh, artist name, Connor for real, with the actual number four. So, oh god, yeah, I can tell you right now, man, this shit had me cracking up like the, the laps per minute in this movie were really solid. This one stays in the collection because I love what it's making fun of. And after this, I think I need to watch Walk Hard again, because if Walk Hard, I like it enough to want to put it in the shelf. I think I might try to knock out rocket man for that spot because the walk hard is making fun of, of those kind of movies. And even though rocket man is really good, I think rocket man still follows the formula. And I don't think I feel right keeping both of them on the shelf.
1: Uh, Sorry. You've seen walk hard before.
0: Yes, I have, but I need to watch it again, because what I remember watching it as is that I remember it was, like, really late, so I was, like, only kind of half paying attention, so the main things that I remember are, the wrong kid died, or, and you never once paid for drugs, Oh, and... Do it cox. You don't want no part of this shit. It's gonna make turn you all your bad feelings into good feelings. It's horrible.
1: It's good memory you have. Now that you're saying that, I remember that part of the movie, but I wouldn't remember that otherwise. <laughs> and you never um, once paid for drugs. I think it's because I'm not a huge fan of that movie. I th- I think it's perfectly fine. I think there are funny moments in it, but like if I was making like a top one hundred comedy movie list, hell a top five hundred comedy movie list, I wouldn't think twice of that one. Um so, yeah, I don't know about that one. I will say about pop stars never stop, never, never stop, never stopping. Pop, stars, never, pop star, never, the more you pop mess star, up, the funnier it yeah. gets. Pop star <laughs> never stop, never stopping. There we go. Okay. No,
0: no. <laughs> um, pop star never stop, stopping.
1: It's Really? On IMDb, it says pop star never stop, never stopping. What? No, no way. Yeah. Okay. Pop. There's even a poster. Pop star never stop, never stopping. <laughs>
0: Oh my god! Okay, I gotta see this. Pop star never stop, never stopping. Oh my god! No way! Did they <laughs> did they shorten the title after the fact?
1: <laughs> oh, oh. I like this one better. This what? Is <laughs>
0: Hold on! Look! Look! I look! I am literally gonna walk over to check my steelbook. No way! Look! I, I will be right back.
1: Hold on! All right.
0: I gotta turn on the light. Where are my steelbooks?
1: Just so everyone knows. Where is
0: it? Oh,
1: my God, it is. Oh, it is. Oh, so he screwed up. Okay. <laughs>
0: Did I just... I... Okay, hold on. I don't have my headphones in. I never finished reading the title.
1: So it's Popstar's Never Stop Never Stopping. Okay.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. I've been calling it the wrong title this entire time.
1: Hey, don't worry. It's uh, that, that extra never in there throws people off.
0: Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> Popstar Never
1: Stop Never Stopping. Oh, my God, that's perfect. That makes the movie even better. <laughs> Anyways, I do actually want to try watch that one sometime. I, I haven't seen it, um, and, I'm, and I'm hit and miss on Lonely Island stuff. I think some of their stuff's really funny. Like, I love I'm on a boat. I think it's classic. I think they've got some really good SNL skits I've seen. I'm not sure how that'll translate to a full-length movie, but I, I'm intrigued enough, and you seem highly of it enough, that I definitely do want to give it a shot. Parody movies are really hit and miss for me. I either love them or hate them, so it'll go I... either way.
0: If you like Lonely Island songs, you are going to get good mileage out of them. I'll tell you about one of them that's just so perfect. One of them is called "Not Gay," right? Yeah, I'll, look, I'll look that up. So I'll,
1: I'll listen to that on its own. Oh,
0: so basically, what it is is that Andy Samberg's character he was jumping on the bandwagon to you know get his gay anthem song out. And the funny thing is that he does this after gay marriage has already been legalized, so it's oh, like really pointless. <laughs> <laughs> but what he does is that he basically starts rapping like you know gay people need to get together but I'm not gay like he just raps he, he sings the entire song basically like gay people are cool shit I'm straight I like football and he just repeats it over and over again until the song just evolves into him claiming that he's straight over and over and over again like it's so fucking funny like that right, song is that song is something that every once in a while, just randomly, I don't remember how it'll be like once every six to eight months, my wife and I will at least look at each other and go like, "Nucky." <laughs> oh man, like pop never stops stopping. Super funny. Also, I gotta compliment the Steelbook. The Steelbook is possibly one of the best ones I have. So there is a scene right where. Connor, for real, he's released his second album, right? And it bombs badly. And it's fucking hilarious because they make fun of the U2 iPhone situation. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah, so they make fun of that. I won't ruin that one, at least, right? But they make fun of that. His second album bombs because of it. And there's a certain point where the where he's having an emotional moment and his manager's just like, Hey, can you, guys, can you guys cut the camera? And the camera cuts away, and instead it's just a black screen with text, right? And they're like, man, what the hell are we going to do about our sales? I don't know, man. I don't know. And then at some point, they start hearing buzzing, and they're like oh man, why are there bees coming up here? And they start swatting away and they're like, oh, it's my suntan lotion. They like my suntan lotion. And they start swatting them away and they're like, Connor, get the flamethrower. Alright. And then you hear fa- sound effects of him using a flamethrower on the bees. Keep in mind, it's a black screen and all you're seeing is just subtitles on the screen. So he's setting oh these God. bees on fire and then eventually you hear the manager go, oh shit, you'll walk the queen bee. Oh, she's a big motherfucker. And then he's Starts flaming the beans like "Ah, I'm setting this giant bee on fire. And then finally they like you hear the buzzing die down. They're like, oh wow, that was some crazy shit. You guys caught that, right? And the camera crew is like, no, you told us to stop recording. Like, oh fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And the best part is, is that the steelbook is a picture of the B-fight.
1: Yeah, like, I, I, saw, I saw that steelbook. It looks fantastic, by the way.
0: Like I didn't know that. Like, when I bought it, I was like, wow, that's kind of dumb. I don't see how this has any bearing on the movie. But then when watching and I looked at the steelbook, I was like, oh, my God, it's more the movie. The steelbook is
1: <laughs> more of the movie.
0: That's incredible.
1: That's really cool because it's something you could see and be like, okay, that's just a dumb design. but And not spoil anything. And then, yeah, that's really cool. I like that.
0: Dude, it's funny. On the back you have the manager holding his hands up and throwing away the suntan lotion.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's great. But yeah. I love it. Popstar
0: never stops stopping. Phenomenal. Oh my god. That that stays in the shelf. I already have a small group of comedies growing on that shelf and they need to be a protected class because they're about to be they're a huge minority in the shelf. So I need to give them affirmative action so they stick around. Yeah, that's fair. That's good you have a couple <laughs> on there for sure. <laughs> Alright, that's what I got for Popstar. Uh, Toss it to you.
1: No no rating? Oh, God, you see? Wait, did we give Mr. Robot a rating? We rated it so many times, so
0: I'll let it pass. Fair enough. Okay. Popstar, never stop stopping, never stop stopping, stop-ish part two. I'm going to go ahead and give Popstar, never stop, never stop stopping, a Popstar, never stop, stop stopping, never stop popping a a handkerchief bees out of ten.
1: Yeah, I'll give it a... I'll give it a pop star, never stop, never stopping of the never stop. When you never stop, if you think of the the pop star, when they stop and then you never stop, you take the handkerchief, you kill the bees with it, and then you never stop at a time.
0: We're real journalists, man. We're real journalists out
1: here. I feel like a journalist now. I feel like Jeffrey Grubb. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Anyway, moving on, uh, let's talk about, what are we talking about next? Let's talk about Quantum Break. Quantum Break. Uh, Quantum Break is a video game from Remedy. Remedy are the makers of Alan Wake, uh, the original couple of Max Payne games, and more recently, Control, which I know you're a big fan of, Ed. Very. Um, This is their game before Control. It was a Microsoft PC exclusive. um, Yeah. Because, you know, Xbox doesn't have games. Xbox has no games. You know, I don't know
0: what they were handing people out. I assume USB sticks
1: correct i actually bought a disc and it's funny or it's not a disc like a physical copy of it and it's just a code for the pc and also gave it a code for alan Wake, which worked too so that was cool wonderful but yeah so yeah uh, i really like the game actually quite a bit um i'm not the biggest control fan i think control's good but i have really big issues with the narrative in that game enough that it hurts the game for me overall i think it's a f- fun game i think the actual gameplay and control is is one of the funner games i played that year and the combat loop is spectacular really good game in that regard Uh, but the actual story the narrative and there were some performance issues that dragged the game down a little bit for me Um, quantum break i actually enjoyed more Uh, quantum break i think the story is really cool it's basically about time travel and it's still kind of got that weird remedy edge to it like control but it's just a lot more coherent for me so i really appreciated that i thought it was really cool um the gameplay is Definitely not as tight as control. I think it's one of those situations where when we talked about sunset overdrive, we said sunset overdrive could walk so Spider-Man could run. Correct. It's the same sort of thing with quantum quantum break. Quantum break definitely walked so the gameplay and control could run, because control is a lot more fluid and responsive. That's not to say the gameplay in quantum break is bad. I think it's perfectly fine. I think there's some cool powers is thrown in there. It's just not the same level of control. Um, and yeah, there's some things in this game that I've never seen in games before. So they actually have these little, which is an extra like fucking 70 gigs to download, but they have about four 20 minute television show episodes with the characters from the game that are fully acted by these actual characters like Lance Reddick and other really good, actually, you know, decent quality actors. Uh, And it's a cool idea. And, you know, I I joke all the time that I prefer games that don't play themselves. This is literally a game that doesn't play itself. It's a dream come true, you know, (sighs) Uh, but I really enjoyed it because you could actually right before you get to those TV shows, you'd have to basically do something called a junction. And in this junction, you'd have to make a choice that would directly affect the TV episode you were about to watch. So you could do one thing or do another, and that would basically change how the TV show plays out. So it was cool. I've never seen a game do that sort of thing before and combine the two so seamlessly. So it was definitely unique. Um, And yeah, I wasn't expecting a lot from this game, especially after Sunset Overdrive, which I was really hyped for. That was a Microsoft Xbox exclusive, and it just did not hit any buttons for me. I was like, that game can stay buried as far as I'm concerned. This was a delightful surprise and much better than I was expecting. All right.
0: I have to make fun of you. I have to.
1: Go right ahead.
0: I love my video game that turns into a TV show. (laughs) (laughs) I... At Addy, every time, look, you see now I have to call you Addie instead of Dorian, okay? That's oh, we're the... good, we're good. <laughs> Dorian is the one that feels like level-headed. Addy's the one that throws out the hot takes and just like,
2: <laughs> this is
0: what burns me on the inside. I am going <laughs> yeah. to sound completely idiotic here because I have no plans of playing Quantum Break because I even still need to play Max Pain, okay? So if I'm gonna jump into Remedies Bat Catalog. I'm going to hit Max Payne, and then maybe if I feel like I need more, I'll go to Alan Wake. Quantum Break, not even on my radar. But the fact that you're out here like, yeah, (laughs) my video game taking a break for 20 to 25 minutes to show me a TV show (laughs) back when (laughs) Xbox's initiative was TV, TV, Call of Duty Sports. Oh, man, I'm going to break out the popcorn. (laughs) Look, look, look. Not only that you're saying all this, at the same time, because Control and Returnal are interlinked in my head, as in very fun games where if you told me there was a story, I'd look at you and go, wait, what? There was? Like, that's (laughs) where I am. So, to hear you be like, yeah, this 30-minute show in the middle of my video game, ooh, all right. (laughs) Look, look, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. Do I sound a little bit like a hypocrite because I love Kojima and Metal Gear? Maybe, but... You know, it's in-engine, at least. Like, uh, but <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Quantum Break literally breaking and going, like, yeah, we're gonna have this live-action thing of, like, all uh, these people, like, uh, like... I like Remedy if they do live action and it blends in like it did in Control. The fact that it breaks away, it's like, yeah, you got to download like 100 gigs. It's going to be like uncompressed 4K videos. And uh, look, I'm going to sound uneducated again. But everything that I've seen from it looks like so low budget, like 2000 sci-fi channel. And I just remember looking at this and going... You got all these people. I'm pretty sure the budget went to them instead of anything around them.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh... I, don't know, I thought it was pretty I thought it was pretty enjoyable. It was some good action schluck there. I mean, it, it's just action, kind of sci-fi schluck. It's not really particularly deep. Like, I'm not going to give that an Emmy or anything like that. I'm just like, ah, it's kind of cool. It's a nice break from the monotony of playing the video game. Get to relax, watch a TV show, have a snack. Sorry, I just...
0: I'm playing
1: my video game. It'd be nice if I wasn't playing my video game.
0: <laughs> uh, I have to. Look, that's the thing. I'm happily throwing stones knowing that I have no basis to actually talk because I haven't played the damn game. Nor do I ever plan on it. Oh, that's fair. I mean,
1: hey, hey, they've never done it again. So obviously it didn't take off and I'm I'm pretty alone in that opinion. Or else everybody would be copying that method.
0: I mean, I'm pretty sure we all know why and it's because of Call of Duty TV sports. Yes,
1: exactly. (laughs) (laughs) We now have fish AI. Like, what? Yeah, get uh, get Milo out there with the connect. <laughs> <All
0: right>. uh, <laughs> I don't know if I have anything besides saying that about Quantum Break. Just me making fun of it from a completely baseless uh, standpoint.
1: Yeah, I know that's fair. I mean, I, honestly, I don't have too much more to say either. It's I just it was definitely enjoyable. Like I said, the combat loop was good. I I dug the story. Um, I will say one thing I find interesting about this game and remedy in general is they're just very good at, they're very good at making you feel like what the fuck is going on. And, and I do appreciate that game. It was just too much for me in control. And, and one, one big complaint I had about control was they buried so much of the story and lore, like in books you have, or like in like. Texts you have to read, menus you have to open to get to it, separate side videos you can watch, that sort of thing. And they do it again in Quantum Break. Now, at least in Quantum Break, there's still a lot of the story that they tell you, like, out front, which I appreciate. But, yeah, that's just something Remedy does that drives me a little nuts. So I'm going to get to Alan Wake a little bit later this year, and then I've basically played all their heavy hitters, because I've played played Max Payne 1 and 2, which I really enjoy. But I will get to to those games, and uh, we'll see. Well, for Alan Wake, but...
0: I'm not going to lie, Control was just such a gameplay focused thing for me that mm, the yeah, fact knowledge. that you were picking things up and like reading about like the fridge that kills people or the jukebox that kills people or the tire that kills people or insert object here that kills people like I just like those little things that I didn't really care and the fact whenever a cutscene would cut in like it would just be just weird trippy shit that I was just completely okay with because I didn't feel like I needed a plot the gameplay was fun and if you just can reward me with like some trippy visuals I'm okay Like, I don't know what it is. I feel like, 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 for example, I don't think I can go full on Art House. Like, I watched, I tried watching End of the Void, and I think because I watched that, like, so early on with, like, me trying to get into film, I watched that too early where, like, I just cut it off, like, really quickly. But, like, I think now at this point I can get down a little bit more with Art House. Because, like, I remember watching the Neon Demon, and I was just like, this is just cool visuals for cool visuals' sake. I don't really care if you're trying to have a metaphor here, Nicholas Winding-Ruffin. All I know is that you put pretty visuals, so I'm just going to keep watching. And Control <laughs> kind of gave me that feeling where I was like, I'm just going to keep shooting these things. I'm going to keep going. Cool. I have a cut scene where her brother is shooting himself in the head, and now she's shooting himself in the head. And then you have the board of directors just going, brruh, brruh. like, I don't know what the hell's going on. All I know is that things are looking pretty cool, and I'm kind of into it.
1: Yeah, and I think that's just the difference between me and you, because I sit down and watch a 20-minute TV show part of a game. I'm like, oh, that's cool. So, yeah. <laughs> it just in different, different ways to get your story. God, uh, I still... No, no, I'm not going to go back to Quantum Break. Get, continue, <laughs> continue. <laughs> uh, that's all I have. So, Quantum Break's a 7 out of 10 game for me. It's a banger. I'm actually really glad I played that. And, uh, I mean, if you have a... Uh, I was about to say Xbox, but we know Xbox doesn't have games. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. There's it's no way to play PC. it. If you have a PC, no, it's on PC. So if you have a PC, oh. it's on the it's on the PC Game Pass. You can check that out. It's like 180 gigs, so I'll get ready to download that, but yeah.
0: So it's obviously the Xbox app on PC that you meant to say.
1: Yes, Xbox app on PC. There you
0: go. Oh, okay, there we go. That makes sense. All right. Which I is a
1: weird I- name for it because Xbox doesn't have
0: games, but... No, that's the thing. It's an app. So because Xbox can only support apps, that's why it's an Xbox app on PC. Oh,
1: there you go. Okay, I get it now.
0: You see, Phil Spencer's got a plan. He's got a plan for everything except making games. (laughs) Got it. All right, Destiny 2. I was not going to put Destiny 2 on here, but I felt like it was important because it's probably going to explain something that happens over the next couple of months. I think I may be going through a small retirement for games. I know everyone, everyone go ahead and just cry. Just, it's okay. It's okay. I'm right there with you. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. Dorian, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You said you wanted TV in the middle of your games. You're part of this problem. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Destiny 2, I have a total of like about five or six hundred hours in the original Destiny. And you know what? I never regretted those because, one, I had a good amount of friends who did it. Plus, it was around 2014, 2015, and there weren't that many games that I missed out on it, shockingly. Like, somehow, Destiny did not cover that many games that I missed out on. So, like, 2014 and 2015 on PS4, there weren't that many games I missed out on that I didn't either catch up later or just had no interest in. So, pretty much, Destiny 1 pretty much fun times, but I told myself, like, literally as Destiny 2 was getting announced, I straight up told myself, if my favorite shotgun from Destiny 1 is not in Destiny 2, that is going to be my cue to drop it and never come back, and, well, fair enough, because I have Destiny 2 on here, as you can tell, it wasn't never, but (laughs) they did not have that shotgun, and I told myself, okay, Destiny 2, I'm out, I... Uh, we were a good item for a little bit You're a toxic ex that continues To ask me for my time I'm sorry it's time we broke up And thankfully she didn't even try to stab me She just kind of rumped out of the room And then went to go find someone else's time to leech off of But here I am again Here I am again about... That ex you just can't quit That ex has just wandered Back into my life and said Just, just took a drag of a cigarette And <sighs>
1: All the smoke bars in this city, why you got to come into this one?
0: Big boy, you know that those single-player games ain't hitting for you right now. And it's like, (laughs) yes, Destiny, who told you? I heard that you were playing Final Fantasy VII Intermission, and you weren't enjoying it as much as you should. Yes, Destiny. I heard that you don't want to play Bayonetta that much, do you? No. (laughs) (sighs) You got a PC now, don't you? Don't you want to play me at 4K 120? Destiny, you're saying all these words, but I don't know if I can trust you. can I really trust you? Destiny sits down at the counter, takes another drag, and gets us both drinks. The dimly lit room. And she finally looks at me and goes, The vault of glass is back. And then there I knew Destiny was back in my life. Destiny was back in my life because the Vault of Glass has my other favorite video game gun, the Vision of Confluence. It is this single-fire rifle that I just loved using for everything. That if I can just get that gun again, oh my god, I will be very happy. And I can tell you right now, Destiny is probably going to be taking up a lot of my time it is never going to come back again honestly I'm kind of hoping that as soon as I get that gun I just drop it for whenever people want to bring me back in because this is not something that I want to stick with because really I've got other games like even though Bayonetta was a little bit a miss for me I don't know if I want to come back to it that soon all I know is that I'm enjoying playing with Ben Dustin uh, Justin, oh god their names are close, Shane, Poot, I'm enjoying playing so much with Destiny with them that it's becoming just a good hangout that at this point because no games are really capturing me, Destiny is really being that good fallback where it's like oh do I want to go watch an episode, Now my wife is falling asleep, I don't know if she's going to actually pay attention. Oh, do I want to put in more time in Returnal? No, I want to actually sit down and pay attention to this and finish a biome instead of doing it piece by piece. What do I want to do? You know what? I can play a little bit of multiplayer at Destiny. And I'm not going to lie... I picked it up pretty quickly. I was actually not doing too bad in some of the modes that I was getting into. Not 6v6. That was fucking horrible. But like 3v3, I was really knocking it out of the park for a little bit. Where like I ended a match with like 20 to 22 kills. And I was like, wow. Holy crap. I might be talented again. So it feels nice, especially since Siege Curb stopped me the last time I got on. So yeah. It's been a bit since you been Siege. Oh my god, it's been a while, because last time I played, like, it was horrendous. Yeah, like I remember that. Oh,
1: it was bad. It, like, it, don't, You don't have to live it out again, Ned, it's fine.
0: <laughs> I got curb-stopped so badly, it sent me to Destiny. Like, that's how bad we're talking here. So, yeah, Destiny 2, my god, the gunplay is still great. The graphics are still ridiculously beautiful for now a four-year-old game sound design makes it so punchy that every time you get a headshot it just crunches the right way you want it to sound. I don't know what the story is. I have no idea. There's an alien that needs to be killed and if it has a name bar above him I'm going to get that name bar down to zero and hopefully by the time he dies he gives me a weapon that makes it easier for me to kill him next time. It's
1: great stuff. I'm addicted. Please call help. It, it, so that's fair, but maybe you know if they put 20-minute TV show episodes in between raids or something like that. <laughs> maybe. Do you, do you want to know what's going to happen if they do that? Everyone's going to be holding
0: square almost immediately, like, skip, skip, skip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What One out of six, two out of six, three out of six, six out of six. All right, skip.
1: <laughs> so two, two things, two things. First of all, this entire Destiny story, I'm just picturing an analogy of a stripper named Destiny in my head. I don't know why, Correct. but I can't. I can't get that. No, 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 That's no, no. Look, I mean.
0: look. Let me even make that image better. I was joking with my wife that I was cheating on her with Destiny. Like, that yeah. was the entire joke I was telling her, where I wanted her to think, like, yeah, baby, you got to share time with me between you and Destiny. And she's just looking at me like, <laughs> stop talking about the game like it's a woman. I'm just like, I don't know. I mean, you go to sleep, and I go spend my nights with Destiny. And, you know, they're kind of wild times. We bring in an extra guy or two to play with Destiny too. Mm. Mm. You know, we're out here, we're pulling fingers and stuff.
1: Very nice. <laughs> so continue yeah. with your stripper analogy. Well, that was it. Just it definitely a stripper analogy for me. So that's number one. But number two, I've, I really haven't played a lot of Destiny. Um, I did play Destiny 1 for like two and a half hours, three hours maybe. I was like, this isn't my game. And I actually gave my copy away to a friend. So okay. I don't know how much I can add to this conversation. What I will say is everything you just said is me and Overwatch. So something to keep in mind. One thing I will
0: say about just shooting in general, I swapped back and forth between Destiny and Halo, and literally as long as I rewired my head for the buttons that I needed to press, it was just like, it it was literally taking off a glove and putting on the same one again.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's bungee shooting for you. It's good shit. No kidding. No kidding.
0: So... That's all I got for Destiny. Unless you wanted to delve deeper into how Overwatch is your destiny and my Destiny is your Overwatch.
1: Fuck no. give it a. will give that a freaking strip club outside of Las Vegas out of 10.
0: Ooh, that's actually a good score. Accidentally.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and give
0: Destiny to a... Heroin hmm, out of 10. We're going to just go a simple and <laughs> yeah. easy one. Heroin out of 10. Alright. So, um... I... I forgot that. Sorry, go cool. ahead. Yeah, no, no. So you don't have anything on your list anymore, right? I'm just running no, through. I you? have
1: one. No, I have one more. Oh, besides it. Final Fantasy, I have uh, Ratchet and Clank. So you should I go with Ratchet and Clank now? i got
0: it.
1: Sure. So Ratchet and Clank rift apart. Just finished in time for this podcast. Uh, the new banger from uh, Insomniac Studios. Who apparently they can make a game every year somehow and be totally fine with it. Um, I don't. I don't get it. And they don't crunch apparently too, which uh, I call kind of bullshit on that. But uh, uh, whatever. Mm, mm, mm. Quotations. Anyways. Yeah, no crunch. Uh, But yeah, so Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart uh, just came out. Uh, So, funny story, I basically ordered the game off of Amazon, which I'll never do again, but (laughs) you can tell where this story's going. (laughs) I ordered the game off of Amazon. Now, the last game I ordered from Amazon was the Mass Effect Legendary Collection, and they got it to me the day of. So, I was like, okay, let's try them again. So, I ordered Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. And basically, they shipped it three days before the game launched. I'm like, oh great, I'll definitely have it on the day of. But they didn't. The, the tracking info never updated once. And the day of came, still hadn't updated. I was like, okay, something's definitely wrong with this. So I basically went to chat, and there was a fine gentleman in chat who basically told me that, well, there's been delays. We're sorry about this. We'll basically guarantee you it'll be here by tomorrow. It's <laughs> it's in a town two hours away. It'll be there tomorrow. So I was like, okay, fair enough. No problem. Okay. So got off the, got off with him. And then I went back and I checked in my Amazon account. I was like, okay, like I'll see if anything updated. And the first thing I see is I go to the, this the, the, the tracking update and it says customer has requested that it be delivered tomorrow instead of today. I'm like, <laughs> Bitch, what? I never requested this. So I, was like, so I went back into chat, talked to this guy. He's like, oh no, sir. Don't worry. It was a glitch. That, that you did not request that it was a glitch it'll be there okay. tomorrow we promise okay. like, alright I think you're full of shit but that's fine so day next day comes it's later in the afternoon Now at the same time I had ordered the Ferris Bueller's Day Off Steelbook mm. and that was out for delivery for me now the way Amazon works generally everything gets out for delivery in one shipment they won't do multiple shipments on one day at least I've never had that happen pause
0: for a second pause for a second because sure. Amazon is stupid because I had a couple of packages today, and they just came in separately. Like oh, okay. so, Yeah, no. Amazon is ridiculous. They don't care about saving money. It's literally just going to be like, ah, just put it in this truck. Who cares? Whatever. You're delivering this.
1: Okay, good to know. So I didn't know that, but uh, that was my assumption at the time. Hmm. So Ferris Bueller was out for delivery. And so I said, uh, okay, what the fuck's going on? So I went back into the chat, and I talked to a lady, and... And she was basically, she was nice, but she's like, yeah, I mean, there's not really much we can do. Do you want to cancel it if it's not there? Like, it should be there today, but do you want to just cancel it? And I was like, well, yeah, I'd like to cancel it, then I get a refund. Because at this point, I had already bought it from EB Games, and I was just going to return that copy, and we'll talk about that. But yeah, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: So, I was like, I just want to return it. So, she tries to return it, and she's like, oh, my system is not letting return it. You have to wait for three more days. And I was like, okay, look. I'm like, look, this isn't your fault. You've been very nice, but to be honest with you, like I was told it would be here today, guaranteed. I don't want to wait three days. So would you be able to escalate me to a supervisor? Maybe they can help me. And she was like, yeah, no problem.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So she escalates me to the supervisor. And the first thing the supervisor is like, says is, did you request it to be re-delivered?" So I explained the entire story to them. Mm-hmm. And there's like a long break where obviously they're reading everything. So about of course. Like, five minutes passes. And then she's like, yeah, whoever, whoever whoever, basically you talked to first screwed everything up. I have no idea where this package is. I'm authorizing a refund for you right now. Oh, so my God. Yeah, so the entire thing's fucked. I still haven't gotten it. Apparently, there's a chance I can still get it. Yes, but I think it's there legitimately, is. Yeah, I think so. But I think it is legitimately lost because the tracking info still hasn't updated. It looks completely fucked, and my refund's gone through. Anyways, long story short, I thought that was a funny side note, so I wanted to include it. Uh, Ratchet's great, though. I really this game is fantastic. It's so fun. Uh, I'm not the biggest platformer guy, but I do like to play a couple a year just to mix my Paladin in and kind of just you know get a taste for them because they're fun games and they're never super serious. But I was thoroughly impressed with how good this one was. The story in it is really great, um, especially compared to Ratchet 2016, which I really, which I thought Ratchet 2016 was good. The gameplay was good. The guns were fun. But the story was definitely this weird mishmash. They were trying to match (laughs) the movie that was coming out. And it just, they didn't do a really great job with it. And it just was a huge letdown for me in that regard. But it was still a good game. But this is a whole nother level. Like, this is an original story it picks up after, I believe, a uh, crack in time.
0: No. Apparently, it's the very pointless one into the Nexus.
1: Into the Nexus.
0: Yeah, exactly. The game that came out in 2013, I think a couple of months before the PS4 came out. That's apparently the one that it's supposed to be a sequel to.
1: Okay, I didn't know that. Interesting, because I actually hadn't played that one. No one did. Yeah, no one did. No, that's fair enough. Okay, so yeah, uh, but it's a sequel to that. And it's really great. Like the characters are good. They introduce a lot of new characters. Revette. Um, there's a couple others that I don't want to spoil because you kind of meet them naturally, and they're really cool. Mm. Uh, the char- but they're so well done. The animation quality in this game is like an older Pixar movie. Don't the best not, you said it. it? You said it. Well, no, no, no. It's an <laughs> no. older. I'm, I'm being no. very no. specific with it. It is. It's an older Pixar movie. And, no, and if you don't, and if you don't believe me, you can Discord Herb after this because no, no, no. He's... what
0: I mean what I okay. mean is that this has
1: been said for like the
0: last two decades every single time that a 3D thing comes out they're like wow, it's Pixar level. Like, I I want to retire it already. Like, because we are going to continue to improve and every single new generation we're gonna be like, we done it, we finally beat Pixar, we finally done did it. And then <laughs> each generation, Pixar is going to keep being like, yeah, we just ray traced this entire fucking movie, all right? You're going to see ray tracing through, through the soul's hairs, like little pores. You're going to see the ray tracing through there. And video games would be like, yo, dude, we just got ray tracing, but the problem is that it's running at, like, 10 frames a second, so. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, it's finally like Pixar! Like, I I am so tired of it, because we are, we've are we been saying it since the PS2, and we're going to continue saying it to a point where every single generation, it just becomes less and less true. It's something that has been burning inside me, you are allowed to say it, but my god, I, I'm never going to say it. I can't. I cannot bring myself to do it.
1: No, that's fair. And specifically, again, just to be 100% clear, old Pixar movie. I'm talking mm. 2010, 2011 Pixar. It's Correct. on that quality. It's not on the quality of a Soul. I think it's better than Soul because I didn't like Soul. But in terms of the animation quality, it's not the same. But really great game overall like it's a true next-gen game in my opinion like it is only out for the ps5 i think you can definitely see that visually i think there's stuff with this ssd that would be very very difficult to pull off with the uh with the ps4 and the instant loading time the traveling between worlds so that's really one of the main reasons why i wanted to play it i just wanted to play an actual next-gen exclusive game and be like okay because i'm actually pretty i'm a lot more positive on cross-gen than most people so I wanted yep. to see, okay, what's the difference between a next-gen-only game? And I love Returnal, but I was like, oh, I love Returnal. It's a 9 out of 10 game for me. But I think you could have made that on PS4 with some cutbacks. Correct. Um, Ratchet, no. I, I really don't think Ratchet could have been on PS4. Or if it does get ported to the PS4 in the future, it's going to be a gimped version and will not be nearly as good. Correct. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, overall, I the game's really fantastic. It's a lot of fun. The characters are great. Um, You haven't played it yet. I assume you want to one day, so I'm not going to go into huge plot lines or spoilers or anything like that because there is some really cool stuff that happens in this story and Mm -hmm. some really kick-ass set pieces that I wouldn't want to ruin. But yeah, the guns too. The guns in this game are better than the 2016 ones in my opinion. They, They all feel great. Everyone has a good use to it. There's so many different situations where you can use them. So really impressed with this game overall. Wonderful.
0: Okay. What is your history of Ratchet and Clank anyways?
1: So Ratchet and Clank, I played the original uh, trilogy. I think it was three on PS2.
0: Correct. Maybe. maybe We don't talk about deadlocked.
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I played the original trilogy on PS2, but then I kind of lost it after that. I didn't really, I don't think play any of the ones on PS3.
0: Okay. Mine. I tried Ratchet and Clank 1, wasn't feeling it. I tried Tools of Destruction, loved it. That was a very good game. I played Quest for Booty because when the PSN hack happened, I had a European account before that time. So I got free games on my American account and my European account. And the Europeans got a chance to grab Quest for Booty. So I got that. Very nice. very right? nice. So I played that. It was very good. Um, a Crack in Time. I still need to play that. So I think if I feel like really in need for Ratchet, I'll probably borrow that from my friend. Into the Nexus. I owned it. I decided not to play it. Uh, Ratchet and Clank 2016, I tried it, I got maybe about halfway through, and then I realized, this is Ratchet, I'm fine. Uh, I remember playing the PSP game, Size Matters, and I think that might actually have been the first one that I beat. So, Ratchet and Clank, I have some history with it, but not too much, all I know is that with the buy two, get one free that was going around Target, which, by the way, if you're listening to this right now, go now, go, go, Two four, buy two, get one free, come on, on everything, so... Um, I got, uh, Resident Evil 8, Mass Effect, the trilogy, and I was trying to see if I could get Ratchet and Clank part of it, but I couldn't. So, in other words, Ratchet and Clank waits. By the way, if anyone's wondering what the other game was, it's Spiritfarer. Do I know anything about it yet? No. I'll talk about it later. Well, later. Not like this episode. Like, just way later. So, Ratchet <laughs> and Clank, uh, I will get to it eventually. I don't know when because I do think that if I start getting itchy for Ratchet and Clank, I'll probably play Kraken Time because people still claim that Kraken Time is the high watermark because, you know, people haven't settled on if Rift Apart is going to be better than that one. So I feel like I need to do that first to see what the previous high watermark is before I go to Rift Apart.
1: Yeah, Rift Apart is definitely a hard recommendation for me for anyone who likes platformers. um, Again, like platformers are kind of hit and miss for me. I think I think a lot of them can be very good, but never more than that normally. Like I don't think they ever kind of cross into a. Like a really stellar, as I would call it, 8 out of 10 territory. Anything mm-hmm. 8 or 10 or higher, I'd basically consider a fantastic game, and it starts to get into higher territory for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one's really, really good and worth your time. And it respects it, too. It's very nice. It's only 11 hours. Like, it took me 11 hours. If you go to 100% of your mid I think it takes about up to 15 hours. Um, if you rush it like certain people and don't do any side quests, you can finish it in six, but then you're a horrible human being. <laughs> um, so, no, yeah, no, think, Matt's a good boy. <laughs> yeah. Play the fucking
0: full game though. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> um look. Matt's a video game journalist, okay? He hates video
1: games. That's how he yeah, plays that's it. Yeah, that's fair. Movies. Yeah, he gets a pass based off of that. <laughs> um, and I really, oh my god, I love it. I'm convinced now. I wasn't convinced at first. But for the love of God, more developers do a performance ray tracing mode. You get the best of both worlds. You get your 60 frames per second. The resolution takes a bit of a dip. It's still 1440p, which is very crisp. And you get that beautiful ray tracing, which does make a little bit of a difference in this game. Because Ratchet's literally a metallic tin, so everything is ray traced off him. It looks great.
0: Give me 4K 120. Then give me 1440, 60 uh, ray tracing. Then give me 4K 60. Look, I just want more frames. But then again, I haven't played a game with actual ray tracing. So, hey, maybe Ratchet & Clank will change my mind. Maybe. I do have one question. Sue, Mm. you consider it more of a platformer. The funny thing is that I just felt like I always considered it more as like a mascot third-person shooter.
1: Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I guess it's definitely a blend of the two. I will say that there's enough times that I had to do platforming in Ratchet that made me feel like I was a platformer. And unfortunately, that's one of the weakest parts of the game because the game is a little janky. Like, I ran into quite a few bugs in this game, hmm. basically trying to platform and getting stuck in holes where I had to restart checkpoints. Uh, sometimes I'd hit, like, a, a story trigger and it wouldn't trigger, so I had to restart the entire checkpoint just to get it to trigger. Hmm. So there was definitely some jank to this game. Uh, but yeah, there's enough platforming in this one that I'd still consider it a platformer, but it's definitely a hybrid between that and a mascot shooter for sure. Okay, fair enough.
0: Then uh, from here, uh, anything else, or shall we go into the score?
1: No, uh, that's basically it. I mean, it's Ratchet. It's a platformer. I'm not going to get into spoilers because you're going to play it eventually. Hmm. Uh, but definitely worth your time. Uh, give it an eight out of ten. I think it's a fantastic game. Um, and yeah, if you if you just if you have if you own if you're one of the few the proud, the brave, the big Jim Ryan ponies, and you have yourself a PS5, buy this game and give yourself something to play. Treat yourself. Sony Defense Force
0: stand up right now. I don't care where you are. Are you driving right now? I need you to stand up. If you're going 60 miles an hour, I need you to stand up in your car. Risk it all, okay, for the Sony Defense Force. I'm going to go ahead and give Ratchet & Clank, a Rift Apart, a... I'm going to break out a PS3 first out of 10 because well, that's the score. I could probably give almost everything. That's a, that's an evergreen statement for me.
1: God bless Jim Ryan and fuck your old games. <sighs>
0: Jim Ryan. If you come after my PS3s, you know, in Texas, <laughs> you can legally get shot as soon as you walked on someone's property. <laughs> Just saying. <Yeah. laughs>
1: so that's my list. All Completely right. done. right.
0: I'll go ahead and run it through my last. Oh, wait, no, no, sorry. Three topics. If anything, let's go ahead and just do Final Fantasy 7 Intermission right now. Yeah, for sure. All right, so uh, Final Fantasy 7 Intermission. Uh, I had the PS4 disc, so I got the free upgrade. I got my Platinum. That was already worth it. 10 out of 10 experience. Woo, all right. Uh, oh, wait, crap. There was DLC? Oh, yeah, I guess I still have to play that too besides just getting a Platinum. Um, so uh, I played the DLC... I got through it. Uh, I really don't know what implications there are for the rest of the story. Uh, I, I think I heard that something with Dirge of Cerberus it happens, but... I don't know Dirge Cerberus, nor do I have any interest to figure out what that is. Pretty much what the DLC for Final Fantasy VII Remake to me was, a gameplay experience, some very good music, and literally just hanging out with Yuffie. Because the other character she's hanging out with is just a wooden board cutout of an anime character that I could not really care about. How do you feel about the DLC?
1: Yeah, I kind of don't like it. Um... That makes sense. Yeah, I like okay. A little bit of background. I hate DLC. I fucking I think DLC is abhorrent. Very rarely, and it's not a financial thing. It's not that. It's just my time is limited with games. I want to beat as many games as I can. Get through my backlog. Experience new games.
0: Hold so on. Once I finish, a, tell us how about. many games you've beaten this year.
1: So I have finished officially finished thirty eight uh, new releases this year. That's who you're well, dealing new, with. New people. games for me. New games for me. That's who you're dealing with, people. Continue. <laughs> That's good context. I appreciate that. You're welcome. So, yeah, I uh, I just, I so wanna, I don't want to go back. This one I made an exception for for a couple of different reasons. One, I was waiting for Ratchet anyways. I didn't have anything to play. Two, I was getting that sweet, sweet steelbook. So, I was like, fuck <laughs> it. I'm going to have this anyways. I'm not going to pay 30 bucks extra for it. But since I'm buying this steelbook and I want a physical copy of Final Fantasy VII Remake anyways why not play this dlc and, and final and i should mention final fantasy 7 the original one the original one is one of my favorite games of all time it's right before i started ranking everything so i actually don't even have it officially cataloged scored or even in my top lists but if i was including anything before the cutoff that's one of my favorite games of all time i fucking adore that game so all that being said um, the Yuffie DLC, like, so, and, and I, and I said earlier with Spider-Man and and, and which I ended up doing, I tried to do the DLC. I played an hour of it and I just quit cause I wasn't having fun. I, I mean the Yuffie stuff, it's very high polished. It was great playing Final Fantasy in 60 frames per second. Yeah. The combat's still fun, but I, yep. I missed the switching. I do miss yep. the switch, switching between different characters. I don't know why they locked out the other character. Like why not just give him a move set? So that bothered me, but the actual combat of her was very fun. Like the combat in FFF 7 Remake is phenomenal. It's one of the best parts of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks better, it's less jank. Uh, the voice acting, even I thought, was improved from my tastes from uh, Final Fantasy 7 Remake, which I had a huge problem with. Uh, but yeah, like I just could not find myself invested in the story until the very end, the last like 10 minutes of cutscenes. And then it was like, okay, this is cool. Now we're get kind of getting back into some stuff here, and it basically kind of bridges right where I think we're gonna go with uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two if it ever comes out. Um, but yeah, that was the only point I really cared. So if I had paid thirty dollars for that, I would have been furious. But because it came with the package, I was like, fucking.
0: Okay. All right. So I feel like we should go into spoilers. I do. I recommend it. No. I mean, if you're really, really itching for more Final Fantasy gameplay for like Final Fantasy VII Remake, go for it. Yeah, that's fine. That's probably 20 bucks. If you just really want to get more gameplay, go for it. If you really feel like, oh man, this is going to be so integral for part two, probably not. It's probably not going to be that. So do I recommend it? No, unless you just really like the gameplay. Addy, where do you stand on that?
1: Yeah, I'm right with you. If you really, if you're like, oh, this is going to be integral, so I need to play it, don't just look up the last like five minutes on YouTube and you'll be fine. Okay. Unless you're like a, unless you're a Yuffie super fan or you literally just obsessed with Final Fantasy, then sure.
0: Okay. So, spoilers three, two, one. At least from what I read, apparently that dark boss fight, he's apparently a character in Dirge of Cerberus where if the fact that they kill him apparently is supposed to delete all the events of Dirge of Cerberus, is what I read.
1: Yeah, yeah, I heard that too.
0: <laughs> Which I think is hilarious because I love the idea of them just trying to clean up the timeline where they're like, ah, you know what, if Dirge of Cerberus, and we don't... We don't, <laughs> we don't need that. Like, yeah, just delete. <laughs> clean,
2: clean your hands <laughs> yeah, of that.
0: Yeah, uh, no, I know. I, yeah. So Yuffie, she's just such a ray of sunshine this entire time that I'm just like, I just want to hang out with you you're such a bright point to everything that's going on but the problem is is that she has no one to bounce off because exactly. that anime character that she's was just walking around with oh man he has a sister that died i don't give a fuck i don't know who this man is i don't know who his sister is i don't care who either of these people are because you've given me no reason to care besides the fact that you're just pu- pulling out cliches to try to make me care like I don't care about him, so anytime that Yuffie's just hanging out with him, I don't really care. Yuffie could have just been walking through the desert alone this entire time, and I feel like I would have had a more investment in the story than them trying to make me care about the other dude. Also, please don't make me play that board game. I don't want to play that board game. Please don't make me do that. I saw that the trophies were tied to it, and I was like, you know what? I got my platinum. I don't care about 100%. I don't need that in my life.
1: Yeah, I tried, I did it for the tutorial, Same. and I was like, I ain't never doing that again, fuck <laughs> like that. Like, why are you trying to pad out a DLC with shit like that? Like, Jesus Christ. No I mean, because
0: you. it's the DLC, like, they're trying yeah. to pad it out. Like, that one makes yeah. more sense to me than a game.
1: I guess so. Yuffie, I'll say this about Yuffie, I agree, I actually really like Yuffie, I think she's a great character, but, and, and and you bring up a really great point, because you're like, she has no one to bounce off of, well, that's because this is all new shit. In Final Fantasy VII, the OG original, she's a cast member, basically, when you get yep. to her, and she bounces off the good people, the cast. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, this is gonna be something that's so- solved, basically, in Final Fantasy VII Remake 2, when I assume she's gonna join up with the cast, and Steal the materia and everything like that of the the main party members. So I appreciate that. Yuffie was great. They brought her to life. I really like the voice actress for Yuffie. I think she did a fantastic job. Um, Yeah, really good for that part of it. To answer your
0: question, why didn't they do the swapping? They didn't do the swapping because the anime cardboard cutout was going to die, so they were like, why are we going to work on building an entire system for him if we know we're not going to put him in Remake 2? Yuffie, you can just take that and put it into the development of 2. Boom, we're done.
1: Yeah, that's a good point, I suppose.
0: It's annoying as hell, but like... I get it, but it does hurt the gameplay because pretty much any time that you're playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, if you get trapped down and you can't move, just swap switch. to another character. You never yeah, stop it's playing. That's the best
1: part of it. I, yeah, I 100. Like I didn't even, I didn't even switch as much as I should have. But mm-hmm. that was the best part. If you got trapped or caught or you needed to switch, you could switch. Like it was always there as an option, which I did it. Like you have to do it to survive some fights, even on normal. Mm-hmm. But. um but yeah, like I would not, I would not do it nearly as religiously, but it just sucks that it wasn't an option in the DLC. I guess you're right. That's a good point. But yeah.
0: One of my favorite things about doing the swapping in remake was that I love when all of them either had a limit break or their full ATB bars yeah. and I would just be like, all right. You are going to do this. Immediately swap over <laughs> to the next menu. You are going to do this. You are going to do this. And at that point, you hit the stagger. Tifa's over here going to get the stagger percentage from like 160 to like 300. Cloud is over here going to do his limit. Baird over here is just dropping just nuclear bombs. just like... Ah, to be able to put the dominoes and have them drop like that, I was like, ah, this is so satisfying. And I'm not gonna lie, every time that Yuffie got like one of those enemies to like pin her down and start biting her neck, I'm just like, you fucking cardboard cutout, are you going to help me? (laughs) No, (laughs) you are useless. You are a yeah. drain on my items, all right. I haven't used a phoenix down on myself at all, okay. And you're out here dying every single time. You're a waste, Sonon. When you died, I was happy.
1: Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm, I, I'm I'm right there with you. I think that's pretty much everything, at least for the DLC itself. Shall we talk ending? Well, well, the last five minutes I think is pretty cool. How you, you see Zach come back? Um, still alive uh, looking for uh, Aerith. So there's definitely some cool shit happening there um, and it's going inter- to post some interesting things. into. The- uh, sorry, have you have you played and beaten the original Final Fantasy 7 or no? Uh, I have read... Okay, so what is my history with Final
0: Fantasy 7? I have played Crisis Core. I have played like about six hours or so of Final Fantasy 7, but I've done extensive reading and YouTube videos to know a majority of what happens in Final Fantasy VII proper. Uh, after that, I pretty much just... Oh, I guess Advent Children counts too. Thanks, Final Fantasy VII Remake. But,
1: Ugh. yeah, I know.
0: And fi- that's pretty much it. That I know enough about it that if you do go in a different direction, I think I'll still follow.
1: Okay, I got you. So, no, I just think it's really... I, I just... Uh, base level, I don't want to get too, too into the weeds. Because you can get into the weeds with Final Fantasy VII and what's going on. Oh, yeah. But I think it's very, very interesting what they're doing. Um, and as long as they see it through, I'm going to be... It's going to be interesting to see what direction they go with it. Zach being alive poses a lot of very tantalizing questions for me. Yeah. that hopefully we get some good answers to. Um, nonetheless, and, you know, I think the big question that's on everyone's mind and that's on my mind is, you know, is there a chance that Aerith can survive? Or is that going to be the moment where, like, no to get things back to normal she has to die which is kind of where my head's at i don't know we'll see i'm
0: starting to get in the camp that she might live and she lives beyond the point to where she realizes she has to die to fix things like i think it's going to be a thing where it's like no 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 no. we stopped your death but things keep getting worse and it (sighs) actually no no i think she lives I think she lives entirely because the entire purpose of the remake is to say that you fought, off fight, uh, you fought off fate and that now you can make a difference in the timeline. I mean, the fact that even Zach has come back, I wouldn't be shocked if somehow Zack is the one that saves her or something like that. Yeah. Like that's his first reveal. Like, I feel like this idea from the original remake feels like that has to be not only a metaphor for the developers saying hey we want to do our own thing but I also think it has to lead into the characters themselves going no no we're going to change things and I do think that since Aerith does have premonition I wouldn't be shocked if she even tries to kill herself but somehow because the other characters occasionally have those premonitions too they try to stop her and end up screwing things up and they're like no 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 we're going to try to win at the at any cost, except letting you die.
1: Really crazy tinfoil hat, Alex Jones theory, th- th- yes, conspiracy theory. Ooh. But what if, uh, what if Cloud takes Aerith's place, and then you kind of get Zach replacing Cloud Can you be, be, think... Be a bold fucking move, man. You kill off fucking Cloud. Oh,
0: can man. you think of the gamer tears <laughs> the gamer to age. see that Cloud, Cloud Strife, their boy, for the last, what is it, 1997, 13... Mm-hmm. 24 years this boy (laughs) they probably have posters and tattoos of the buster sword and you have the second game come out and kill cloud to sacrifice himself for Aerith. that has that if people knew that was gonna happen I would hope people would set up cameras like they did for the season finale of Game <laughs> oh of Thrones my god. for season three. Yeah. Can yes. you imagine the amount <laughs> the of people like... <laughs> like, oh my god, I would <laughs> love it. I would yeah. love it if they really started <laughs> fucking things around. And at that yeah. point, you just swap over to... to um. Oh my god, not Cloud, uh, Zach, <laughs> Zach. If you just swap yeah. over to Zach, that would be so cool. Oh my god.
1: Yeah, like I'm of the theory now but you, with what you did with the first game, you're already saying, "Okay, fuck the original Final Fantasy." So if you're gonna say, "Fuck the original Final Fantasy VII, hey man, then go full out and f- keep going. Because w- what's gonna make me mad is if you if you if you pussy back on this now. Yes. If you're just like if you're just like okay, never mind she has to die to, to restore the timeline and then everything's gonna basically happen the same now that'll piss me off. But if you want to be bold then be bold the entire fucking way.
0: The problem is is that they can't follow the same plot line anymore because sure. the first game just straight up says this is breaking fate. This is yep. after this point, we don't know what happens. That's not only the character saying that, that's the developer saying that as well, that they're like, look, we know what the original game is, we're probably not going to do that. Like, that's why I love the ending of Remake so much, because it just is the most honest thing that just looks you in the eye. It's like, we don't want to make the same game. We made everything else pretty similar to show you that we understand what made the original game special. Trust us to take this step into the future to make something different. And... They pretty much nailed that ending for me so well that at this point I just have no reason to distrust them. I mean even with the DLC seeing the crew at the end, I didn't feel like I missed a beat with them at all. They all were still the exact same characters with the great interplay within them that I still trust that they understand these characters that no matter what direction they put them in, I still believe that they will be
1: those characters. Yeah, no, that's fair. I'm not as high as Remake on, uh, as you are. Um and I, and I think a lot of it, unfortunately, is because... Voice of, acting? Well, no, not voice... I mean, I don't... I really don't like a lot of the voice actors in that game. But mm-hmm. no, I think it's just because of how much I appreciate the original one and how much that game means to me. So this mm-hmm. is very weird for me, but this is the type of game where if they finish this series... So I, I want to see it done, first of all, but if it gets done... And they managed to pull this off over three episodes. I will go back and give that first episode a higher rating, but I need mm-hmm. to see it first. I need to see the entire journey and the entire vision. Where I think you differ, I think you're. I think you said if, if it's just the first game that comes out, nothing else, you'd be content with that. Yes, I wouldn't. I would have problems with that. That's where I would have issues personally.
0: I would be so content with it just because even if for some reason, let's say that in an alternate universe that no one cared about Final Fantasy VII remake and it bombed hard. There's just something so bold about just trying to prove to yourself that you understand the essence of what makes Final Fantasy VII Final Fantasy VII. And even though, like, I don't, (laughs) of course, I'm talking about this from someone who barely has played Final Fantasy VII, it, it just feels like everything that I played about it felt so much like what everyone talked about it that... It just felt right, even though people were always like, oh, it stretched out too far. I loved being in that world that I didn't mind. So being there, spending all this time, then to finally get to the ending where the game just kind of tells you, like, I'm just going to end up repeating myself. I mean, the fact that they showed you that they understand the material and then say, and we can take the material that we understand in different directions... That, to me, was one of the most boldest statements that I've ever seen. Because imagine if someone made another Metal Gear game, right? And mm. it was like they just said, like, the first... Uh, well, I was about to say first five hours of Metal Gear. But, you know, that's not <laughs> the gameplay. You can pretty much cut the game and just play, beat within in five hours. So maybe a bad example. Let's say that for some reason someone took... Just the Shadow Moses demo for MGS1, and they just remade that to such a high level, they somehow added so many more details to it, and it wasn't even the full game, but they did it to such a degree that you're just like, this isn't Kojima, but somehow... This basically has this fingerprint on it, and then something happens that just, like, completely deviates it. Like, that is the kind of level that I'm talking about here, where it just feels like they understand it to a certain degree, where I just... That's the thing. It would be so hard to do. I can tell you right now. I don't want anyone touching Metal Gear. I'm just gonna
1: say, like, just you saying that made me mad. (laughs) Oh, I know, exactly. It really did. It was making me mad. No, you are not wrong. I do not want this. I do not want this.
0: By all measures, Final Fantasy VII Remake should have failed because Square Enix should have not understood what made the game special, and yet they did. That's what I'm saying. That's what makes me so impressed with this game that they understood it. Especially nowadays, Square Enix, when they just... This is the Square Enix that put Final Fantasy 1 through 6, primarily console games, on mobile and Steam. Like, that's the Square Enix we're dealing with, and yet somehow this is the same Square Enix that understood characters they created 24 years ago and just put them fully realized as you remember them in your head. I'm saying it as a hypothetical because, like I said... Don't want anyone to touch Metal Gear. But imagine if someone for some reason did. And somehow they reached that same seriousness that Kojima landed back in 98. That's what I'm talking about here. Where if someone showed me in a small snippet that they understood it. That might be enough for me to go. Okay I just have to accept that. You understand it. And this is going to be different. But. It's not going to erase anything because those original games are still there. So at this point, this is going to be just a different direction that you can take it. Almost an World story. And to be fair, if you understand the basics of what started it all, and you can take it in different directions based off of that, I gotta admit... That's a cool idea to me. Like I said, I wouldn't want anyone to do this for Metal Gear because I don't under—I don't believe anyone can ever do what Kojima does. But
1: that feels like the only example I could explain with. No, that that's fair, and and I agree with you. I think. I, I think it would have been very easy, for Square Enix to make a Final Fantasy VII remake, make it a beat-for-beat beat remake, yeah. and make a ton of money off it. And they decided to do something more bold, and I think they deserve credit for that. And, and I do think it's important to note that even if this ends poorly, or if it doesn't end in a satisfactory way, or hell, if it gets cancelled and it never makes another game, and I don't like it and that makes me mad, but none of that really will ever affect the original game. The original game will always stand on its own, it will always be there. So I think that's an important thing to note, for sure.
0: Yeah no so that's that's definitely not wrong the thing is that I didn't want to bring it up but like because The Force Awakens just doesn't have any answers to it or uniqueness to it I feel like that one is one that sets up all so much that relies on the next movies to justify those choices I feel like remake itself presents just such a what you remember that game being and puts it on screen at the same time while trying to break out of what people want it to be uh it just felt bold enough that i accepted and honestly even love it you're not wrong about the pacing the pacing kind of sucks but the thing is that i loved just being in that world that if the game was like hey you want to go chase cats i'm like no what if we make you chase cats, but the Final Fantasy VII theme is playing underneath it? Fuck yeah, let's go. All right, yeah, all right.
1: Oh, I mean, I did all the side quests in the game. I could have skipped on the My pacing probably would have been a little bit better. But I did <laughs> oh, them, so, much but, so. but because I love Final Fantasy VII specifically so much. So, yeah. All right.
0: Uh, so yeah uh, ending uh, I assume Zack is going to play a bigger part I need him at some point to have a hero shot standing back to back with Cloud and they both have buster swords I need this in my life Uh, besides that I think I'm it I think I'm it I think that's it
1: yeah I don't have much more to say Uh, we gave our reviews already so we can move on
0: All right, perfect okay Uh, I got two movies here I'm gonna rush through them Ex Machina I just watched that right now uh, this movie just needs one watch. It, it doesn't need a rewatch because uh-huh. I know the ending of it for the most part. It just seems like the intrigue of trying to figure out what the relationship is between the three main characters between Oscar Isaac, Dom Hall, Gleason, and the robot. Like you trying to figure out where all three of these people stand is like most of the enjoyment of the movie. So rewatching it, I really wasn't picking up new things. I just had context for all the scenes. So it wasn't really giving me anything extra. I still would recommend it because I still think like it's very beautifully shot. I still think that it's acted very well. Every time Oscar Isaacs is on screen, he's just like a creepy weirdo that, like, he, um, he obviously has full control of the situation, but he's also fully in control of the situation. So, anytime that he's weird, you feel like he's just completely confused, but no, like, he's all there. Everything about the movie is still really good. I know you don't like it, but, like, the sci-fi of it and the questions, not the themes or anything, like, literally just the question of what is going on between all three of these characters and how they interplay, and what is going to end up being like the final result of it all i still think that's really good but just for a single rewatch i mean for a single watch a rewatch doesn't really do anything for me
1: yeah i just i really don't like that movie so <laughs> which is funny <laughs> I, I, I
0: for you what is it about it
1: it's so cliche to me it's just it's it's just every trope and sci-fi that i basically I, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just super fucking intelligent, but I basically guessed every beat that was going to fucking happen in that movie word for word. And I, I don't know. It just did not hit for me.
0: Okay, I'll, I'll go slight spoilers. Three, two, one. Was it that she was always going to manipulate him to get out
1: of there or what? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I knew, I knew from the beginning that that, that was her game. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, again, maybe I was a lucky guess. I'm not sure, but it seemed incredibly obvious to me that that's the story that they were trying to tell with that movie. I'm not going to
0: lie, I kept thinking that Oscar Isaacs was the one that was playing it the entire time. Like, I thought he was the one that was pulling the strings. Obviously, he didn't want to die at the end, but it felt like since he's the one who's in control of everything and always in control, the fact that he was searching Domhnall Gleeson's porn results to try to synthesize a woman that would be to his liking, that would be able to manipulate him to the right degree... I thought that since he was so in control that I thought what was going to end up happening is that I thought Dumbhawk Gleason and the robot would have ended up dying and that he would have come out on top. So I'm not gonna lie. The once once she started manipulating him into getting her freedom, I kind of thought that I was like, well, that's not gonna work. Like he, this man is completely in control. Sure, they can try to get the upper hand, but I doubt it. So by the time that they actually did get the upper hand, I was like, oh, okay. I wasn't expecting this. Of course, robot uprising is always gonna be cliche, but the fact that he's been in control this entire time kind of w- made it work for me. Then the fact that she then betrays Domhall Gleason, I was like. Oh, so she is. Yeah, she is truly an AI because she's out here betraying humanity just like us humans. Yeah, I
1: mean, fuck humanity. We're all
0: <laughs> exactly, and that's that's Alex Garland's mo, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just it. I I think I've just come to that conclusion now with that and with Annihilation, which I actually I do. If if I was if if you were to, if if somebody came in with and put a gun to my head and you're like you have to either watch Ex Machina again or Annihilation, I would choose Annihilation.
2: Yeah, I no, really I would too.
1: like I really didn't like X Machina. Um, but yeah, that's interesting though that the second uh watch suit didn't do as much for you. So maybe it is I guess it's one of those one kind of movies and done. Yeah, I
0: could still recommend it, but it, it doesn't make the shelf. That, that's all I could say about X Machina. Perfect. All right. So from here, Heat. I'm not gonna Older. belabor this too long. Heat is phenomenal. That one does... better make the shelf. Oh it no 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 addie it was already steelbooked no, before it even got brought out. It got put into the collection immediately because I was so sure that I was gonna love it that I got the steel book before even screening it. Like that's how safe it was. And I remember watching it, I showed my best friend immediately after the gunfight, I lean over hit him, and I just tell him You have just witnessed the best gun battle in cinematic history. And I don't think that that is an exaggeration or a lie. That gun battle through the L.A. streets is some of the. No, it is the best gun battle I have ever seen put to cinema from the entire action of it to the directing to the way that they are just yelling over this crazy amount of gunfire to just the. Absolute sound design. Once again, Michael Mann is the only director in Hollywood who has ever shot a gun and designs his guns to sound as horrifying as it would be if you were shooting a gun. Heat is such a great movie and it makes me so sad that we didn't get more movies with Robert De Niro and Al Pacino acting back and forth with each other because every single time that they speak to each other, these two actors are at the peak of their craft and nothing is ever going to touch just the two of them speaking to each other in a diner literally just throwing back words and trying to figure out who each person is only to find out that they both have the same problems of being obsessed with their own life to the detriment of everyone around them he is such a great 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 movie and i cannot wait that hopefully michael mann doesn't disappoint me once i watch the next two movies that i get from him i have public enemies sitting behind me and at some point i'm gonna order thief that's all i got
1: yeah i'm actually a little bit sad i wish i knew you were watching this earlier because i would have watched it again too Uh, one of my favorite movies now it's been a long time since i've seen it um, so I'm a little bit rusty on it, but man, from what I remember, th- and this movie is very, very good. One of the better, heist I guess movies. one of the better, sorry? Heist movies. Yeah, yeah, one of the better heist movies, but I was going to say even one of the better action movies I've yes. honestly ever seen. Like, I'd go a step further. It's so good. And it's funny, you took the words right out of my mouth, but you get Prime Al Pacino and Prime Robert De Niro bouncing off of each other. Like, what are you expecting? <laughs> the movie's obviously going to be fucking phenomenal. And it is. Uh, Michael Mann, he's had a very up and down career. Like, I yeah. was just looking at his IMDb and the last few things he's done. Yeah. Public Enemies, though, I did enjoy. I did enjoy Public Enemies quite a bit. Um, But yeah, this will... You'll never take this away from him. This movie is spectacular. This movie is... It's basically, it's everything you want in an action movie, in a heist movie. It feels like a product of the time. Like, the movie feels really 90s to me, and I mean that in a good way. It's just gritty... Mm-hmm. Like you said, the guns. Like I've never shot a gun, but I imagine that's what it fucking feels and sounds like. I think you're dead on with that one. Dorian. So that's definitely my assumption there. Dorian,
0: if you ever end up in Houston, I will take you shooting. And I can <laughs> tell you right now. So, for example, I had taken my dad. So, okay, I showed the movie to my best friend, and I knew that the movie was so good that I was like, you know what? I'm going to invite my parents for this one. This is going to be another theater experience for them, Right. Uh, It was a couple of weeks back, maybe a couple of months. I took my dad to go shoot with the rifle that I have. And it was... So we were at this shooting range, right? It was outdoor. So other people were there with his rifles. And their rifles. And I remember my dad shooting my gun. And he was just like, man, your gun's louder than everyone else's here. And I was like, oh. (laughs) Oh, all right. So the fact that he had context with shooting a rifle and so have I watching heat was a moment that i don't hi dad how are you if you're listening to this i'm sorry i don't mean to sound like a creep i literally <laughs> was catching like out of the corner of my eye looking at him and i can see his face just like whoa like he was i could tell that he was feeling it and i was like man i'm so glad that he got to shoot a rifle before this because you feel Every single gunshot in that scene. Uh, You know what the crazy thing is? Is that you're saying that Heat is an action movie when really there's... Not including that, maybe two other scenes, no, three scenes, three other scenes that have gunfire Mm -hmm. and it's less than like three minutes. It's insane that this scene establishes itself so hard Mm -hmm. that you can go and call this movie an action movie when it's just one scene that becomes greatest of all time status.
1: Yeah, no, it's definitely more of like a, like a drama, heist, crime. You could throw all those genres in there, but mm. it does action better than most action movies do. Yes. So, like, it's just, mm, it's so superb. And speaking of people that have had up and down careers, even Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer is so good in this movie. Yes. It's just so well casted from head to toe. John Voight, Ashley Judd. Oh. It's just a who's who cast list, and... It's a very special movie and it's, yeah, it's one of my favorite that I remember watching from an earlier age.
0: He it's like I I love this movie. I love this movie head to toe. The first act feels like it's a little bit slow, but it's, you know, putting down its pieces to make sure that when you get to the second act and the third act, like it finally starts all falling into place. I'm not going to lie, if Heat were made now, this would probably be like a six to eight episode miniseries, like on HBO or something, which oh, makes be sad to know that that's where we are now, where a movie like this probably wouldn't get made. They'd be like, ah, just did it on a, on a TV show. And, then at that point you're dealing with probably less of a budget and less ability to make every bullet in this movie just sound like it just rings through. Oh, Oh my God. I love this movie head to toe. And if you know me and you know my, where my house is text me, if you want to watch this, I'm so up to watch heat again. If you really want to watch this correctly.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Heat's a great movie. Uh, it's three hours long, nearly three hours long. It doesn't feel like that, though. It's Correct. Great. So, All
0: right. I think that might be everything. Let me see. Was that everything? Yeah. X Machina and Heat. Okay. That's pretty much the entire list. Shall so we run through the last segment? Let's do it. All right. Okay. Let me go ahead and pull up the list. All right. I see Ubisoft was on Saturday. Is there any? No, hold on. Let's do Summer Games Fest. Let's do the Summer Game Fest. One positive, one negative. You go for the positive. I go positive. Then we end negative because we're supposed to end negative.
1: All right. So a positive for Summer Game Fest, the Dorito Pope show. I'm going to go a bit outside the wall there because there wasn't a ton that interested me. Mm. I think my positive is the fact that the show exists. I really like Jeff Keeley. It wasn't the strongest show, but honestly, he's the type of guy that anytime he can go get a paycheck, help the industry out and do some cool shit, I'm happy for him. So that's my positive from the show, honestly.
0: Wow, you went really uh, way out the box. I'm going to go way more literal. Death Stranding, director's cut, baby. I cannot (laughs) believe Death Stranding is alive. Oh, my God. Jim Ryan did not give the night to Death Stranding. Director's cut. Kojima out here confirming that he doesn't regret Metal Gear but it's time to move on Wonderful Kojima, we love you Oh my god, more Death Stranding I don't even think I'm as high about it as you are, I'm just, honestly I think I'm just more excited that Death Stranding isn't dead
1: Yeah, hey, I, I love Death Stranding I think it's great uh, I will definitely play that for sure but I still need a little bit more info before I go crazy about that, so
0: Alright, so uh, that's my positive. What's your negative?
1: My negative is Overwatch 2. And that (laughs) might come as a bit of a surprise, because you know how much I love Overwatch. No, it's not a surprise. But these motherfuckers, first of all, fuck your 5v5. I'm going to start there. Fuck your 5v5. And then second of all, you're going to trot out here and show two fucking skins? That's your fucking announcement? Two fucking skins? Go fuck yourselves.
0: Uh, What is my negative? Honestly, I don't have a negative. You know, no, I know what my negative is. I don't remember anything else. I literally remember nothing else. That's that's how I feel about Summer Games Fest. I don't think they had anything else for me that made me care. And I feel like that's sadly going to be a reoccurring event <laughs> with some of these.
1: Yeah, I agree. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Okay. So with that, the next one is your baby that I'd love to just split their throat in the middle of the night. Ubisoft. <laughs>
1: so the positive surprise surprise is going to be far cry 6 for me very excited for this game i think it looks absolutely fantastic every piece of info they show it just looks great overall i thought this was a pretty good show had some down points (laughs) it had some down points but there was a there was a lot with this show for me to like so but definitely for me the high point was far cry 6
0: you mean uh a constant downward slope for you not not low points this was just a deepening slope for you to go oh this is getting worse oh this is getting worse oh we got Far Cry. oh this is getting worse oh this oh <laughs> avatar oh no guys i regret everything i said yeah i mean that's true too but... <laughs> all right go for your negative because i want a back-to-back mine
1: yeah yeah i had a feeling about that uh so the, the negative for me uh it's basically a tie actually between avatar and mario and Rabbids. um avatar can go fuck itself i don't care about that franchise i don't i i, I hate that james cameron is wasting his car- the rest of his career on that and the game i have zero interest in uh mario and rabbits fuck nintendo so, oh, yeah. my How
0: are you getting mad at the plumber that raised all of us? Okay, he broke his <laughs> back across the mushroom <laughs> kingdom to raise us on video games, Addy. <laughs> you. And you turn us back on him.
1: Turn you back on him. So, what's your positive on the Ubisoft press conference, Adam? I'm just waiting to hear it.
0: All right, you know what? We're going to go for my actual positive, which is oh, cool. Siege news that I have. <laughs> cool. All right. Thank you for crossplay, I guess. Oh, next year fine uh you better figure out a way to merge my accounts because i have an account on xbox and i have an account on pc i mean i just said pc twice if i can figure out a way to merge my two pc accounts and my psn account that'd be great i don't expect ubisoft to do it so you know what half positive my real positive is seeing in real time you have to eat your words about like oh no oh no this is, mean... <laughs> this is still going. This is still going. My look, look. negative is everything. Yeah, everything. I, I, My I, negative is that I didn't get to see Yves Gilmont feel someone up in the middle of the conference, okay? My negative was that he didn't immediately just <laughs> <laughs> I can I can feel the sigh trying to set me on fire. I feel it. <laughs> Did it work? Uh, a little bit. You <laughs> owe me a new robe. Okay. Goodbye. Ray. All right. Gearbox.
1: Oh man. Do you have anything um, nice to say? No.
2: <laughs>
1: I, okay. 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 The positive is that it was only half an hour, so it didn't waste more of my time. <laughs> oh
0: man. Okay. Um, you know what? I'll go for my positive. Uh, me and my laughing fit that I had when I realized that they showed the exact same trailer from the Summer Games Fest.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's a good positive. All right. What, positive what's your idea. negative?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Randy Pitchford? Okay, that's an easy one question mark? I mean random okay Randy Pitchford the fact that they talked about the fucking Borderlands movie that nobody wants for fucking 15 minutes the fact that we have another fucking Borderlands spinoff that nobody gives a shit about the fact that fucking Homeland 3 had three separate fucking trailers (laughs) for some reason and all ended in the worst fucking way I've ever seen in my entire life the fact that they tried this really cringe attempt at humor the fact that Kevin Hart was there and did absolutely fucking nothing he usually is a fucking nothing vacuum seal of unfunny comedy anyways but there he
0: was okay. are my negatives. Uh, <laughs> uh, my negative is Gearbox the Gearbox yeah, has nothing for me I don't yeah, give he's, a he's shit about them there's nothing that they've ever produced that makes it worthwhile I mean yes. the fact that they have some history with Half-Life makes me think huh, maybe Half-Life isn't what it's all cracked up to be right. <laughs> okay Xbox and Bethesda, positive
1: uh, but I really like this conference overall, so there's, there could be a lot of different positives for me here. Um, hmm, that's a really good question, though. Um, I would probably say the biggest positive for me out of the Xbox press conference. Give me a second here.
0: Mm-hmm. Would you like me to go in the meantime? Yeah, go. You go first. You go first. Okay. Uh, my positive about the Xbox and Bethesda conference is that I slept through it. I didn't even wake up to watch it. I just slept right through it. It was wonderful. It was the best conference I've ever seen.
1: <laughs> uh, That's very fair.
0: Uh, my um, negative. Uh, oh, my negative is that Halo Infinite isn't just Halo Two again.
1: Fair enough. Uh, so I think <laughs> I, I think my. Make my positive (laughs) is, uh, I think, Stalker 2, actually. Stalker 2 really impressed me. I'm really excited for that now. I'm not a big first-person shooter guy, but what they managed to do with that game and how it looks is very impressive to me. It looks like a true next-gen game, so I'm quite excited for that. Um, I would say my negative is probably the fact that they didn't date Halo Infinite. Yeah. The game's probably going to get delayed. I think the game's going to get pushed. That sucks, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to play that PC-only game. I can't wait. Yeah, it'd be a good, be a good PC game for sure. <laughs> Square Enix, Square Enix. I'm gonna go ahead and take the lead on this one. Positive chaos, chaos. <laughs> gotta kill chaos oh my god i want to kill chaos in the shrine of chaos i love this game i don't care what the hell this game is all i know is that chaos must be killed and i must kill chaos to become chaos i love this game strangers on whatever the fuck it's called final fantasy origins i'm in i'm in i don't care i'm in
1: chaos, chaos. uh am i doing my positive or you want to do go for native? it no, that's okay, it. My pos- I, it's just chaos. <laughs> my, that's a great positive. Uh, my positive is absolutely Guardians of the Galaxy. I love uh, Idos Montreal. I'm excited to play this game. I pre-ordered this game already. Now it has a banging-looking steel book, which you know how I feel about the steel books. Uh, I was unexpected for this game to wow me. It's single-player, story-driven, no microtransaction, no multiplayer, no bullshit. Very excited for that.
0: Okay. Uh, my negative: Guardians. I'm tired of Marvel. I'm so tired of Marvel. I was just listening to all of it. They just never stopped talking, which I understand is Guardians. I just remember looking at it and just thinking, oh, it's going to be a third-person shooter, superheroes. I'm completely fine. Give me Deus backs. Ugh. Give me Deus Ex back. I mean, that's fair.
1: I find, in a perfect world, I'd take Deus Ex back, too, but it's not coming back, Ed. It's time to move on. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: No, there's never time to move on.
1: Uh, okay, my negative. Oh, uh, yeah, my negative uh, is forgetting my boy Colin's heart up with your fucking Final Fantasy 1 through 6 announcement, and then you <laughs> motherfuckers are only going to put it on fucking Steam and fucking Mobile. You are heartless bastards. I'm ashamed of you, Square Enix. That was one of my
0: positives, just hearing the amount of salt that poured out from that (laughs) i cannot believe the fact that they got these console these legacy console games and put them only on mobile and steam i was at best buy i don't remember what it was i think i was looking through the steelbooks and i heard the final fantasy music so i took my phone out of my pocket and i was like oh holy crap they're doing it oh my god they're doing it steven mobile i almost started cackling in the movie <laughs> section like a goddamn maniac because that was just the biggest slap in the face ever it was the funniest shit i've seen at e3 probably since the last time that square enix was messing around with final fantasy when they trolled everyone into thinking that final fantasy 7 was going to come to ps4 and it was just the original <laughs>
1: <laughs> Look, I'd be right there with you. I love the salt, but you did my boy Colin wrong. I can't let that slide.
0: Look, the salt that Colin provides is so entertaining that I think it was worth it.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs>
0: okay. Uh, take two. Did you even watch
1: take two? I know. I heard it was all one big panel on fucking Gamergate or some shit. I didn't, and I'm glad I didn't.
0: All right. Biggest positive, skipping it. Uh, Biggest negative, if
1: you had watched it. <laughs> Uh, oh, for uh, for me or for you? Oh, for both of us, I assume. Oh, biggest negative? Uh, I don't know. Having to watch two? it. If someone watched it. Yeah, having it. to watch it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> okay,
0: uh, Capcom. Did you watch the Capcom one?
1: Oh, I did, unfortunately. Oh, you poor bastard. Give me your positive and negatives. Um, Positive is that Resident Evil Village was a good game. <laughs> <laughs> Not even that they announced DLC. Just, just it was a good game. Yeah, it was a good game. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, negative was literally everything else. They they they, spent the, the, they closed the show on Street Fighter Five esports. <laughs> that was their showstopper. Oh my god, that's phenomenal! They spent 15 minutes on Phoenix Wright. Look, Phoenix Wright's fun. 15 minutes. No. <laughs>
0: Okay. Uh, my positive to the Capcom one. Uh, I didn't get that many tweet notifications from it between wario sixty four and and Nebel because you know Capcom didn't announce anything. Uh, negatives. It was still more notifications than I would have preferred.
1: Fair enough. And just and we forgot about the PC Gamer show because I had to. I did watch that. Uh, positive about the PC Gamer show. Um, I mean Stalker two again was on that show and it looked kind of cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Negative. I mean, fuck PC. I don't want to play on PC. The show was full of cringy, really bad, terrible humor. Ninety percent of the games looked like shovelware that you'll buy on Steam for a couple months later for three ninety
0: nine. All right, my positives to the PC gaming show. Uh, positive is going to be PC. PC. It, it got good. That it got that good frame rate. All right. PC Master Race. All right. I'm only saying that because fuck Xbox. All right. All right. That's that's all <laughs> I got. Uh <laughs> negative, negative. No Persona Three. What the fuck? Yes.
1: Yes, I big, agree.
0: Big negative, big L on PC. PC horrible platform, no persona on it, not worth it. With you. 100%. That's the episode, I think, right? Yeah. Okay, wonderful. Anything that you want to say before I toss it to the end card? Uh, no. <laughs> end card. Hey, look at you. You got to the end of the episode. From episode 0 to the day that I finally get lazy and cancel the show. A big thank you to Joey Rawlings for providing the perfect name for the show. Be sure to always give him thanks, either out loud as you're listening to this, or you can just send him a thank you tweet at boogeyman117, underscore. That's boogeyman117, I-E, instead of Y, double O. Be sure that it's an underscore, not a dash, 117.